Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 216, Crank from 2006. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by Crank Brothers for all your mountain biking needs. Whether you need shoes, pedals, wheels, by the way, pedals in many, egg beater, candy, mallet, whatever size, you kind, Ooh. and shape you need, dropper posts, check out the Crank Brothers. Well, shout out to the Crank Brothers and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we'll be kicking off, well, we're kicking off now, our Crank Week. We're doing Crank Today, Crank High Voltage on Friday, both with fan favorite Garrett Smith. But Joe, before we talk to Garrett, before we talk about the Crank movies, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Last weekend to prepare because I didn't see Spider-Man till yesterday, which is Monday. Because yep. that was the earliest mm-hmm. I could get tickets for. Mm-hmm. Rachel and I had watched The Amazing Spider-Mans, which I had never seen before. The two of them. Yeah, the two of them. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of Andrew. Like, I I think I started the first one at one point, and I was just like, I don't like this guy. And turned it off. Well, it's a shame, because you love Emma Stone. So, I mean, you were really, <laughs> really missing out. <laughs> I know. It was a movie made for me. So, we watched The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield being a mopey, emo spider-man and emma stone being the main love interest is gwen stacy and the movies aren't bad okay like they're really not bad it's not for me i don't like andrew garfield as spider-man you know how i feel about emma stone which i didn't know she was in it until i started watching and i was like wow really well i will say right now just to interject real quick if you want spider-man rundowns to every extent that you could possibly imagine. Check out High School Slumber Party, because yeah. Brian and Mike Manzi did mm-hmm. like six or seven Spider-Man episodes this month. He did the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, both Andrew Garfield. They did the Inner the Spider-Verse. They did a couple No Way Homes already. So like, yep. it's crazy. All Anything you want, go check out High School Slumber Party. It's truly Into the Spider-Verse on truly. High School Slumber Party. So then that, then we went to go see um, Spider-Man on Monday. That was like the mm-hmm. main thing that we did. And um, I really enjoyed it. It was yep. really good. I don't want to say anything to spoil it, but I think you should see it if you would want to see it. Yep. It's really cool in a lot of different ways. So this is what I thought, and I want to hear your take on it. Sure. I think that um, coming off Eternals made it even better. You didn't like Eternals. Yeah, I just I was like, it was just like a lot of setup. Sure, okay. This Spider-Man movie feels like it's also a lot of setup, but I think it does it a lot better than Eternals. So like having them back-to-back is like, okay. I still love Shang-Chi, man, and I think that's, like, the best one of this bunch so far. Okay. So, but, that you know, that's all personal preference. Like, I think that Shang-Chi is a little bit more surprising in different ways than the new Spider-Man. But sure, the new Spider-Man's yeah. great. Like, I have nothing bad to say about it. It's just, like, that's how I'm feeling coming off of it on a day. And um, it was, yeah, packed crowd. Probably not great for Omnicron, but sure. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's what I've been up to. Cool, yeah, I saw it on Thursday before I saw Nightmare Alley, which is a new Guillermo del Toro movie, which I Ooh. liked but didn't love. Was uh, there, was there a, uh, a fish that had sex with a human in it? No, this is much worse. Not much worse, but it's worse than the fish movie, the fish sex movie. I love Shape of Water. This was... Uh, but I did talk about Spider-Man No Way Home on Out Now with Aaron That's and true. Abe. You yeah. were invited too, but you had not seen it yet, so I no. joined Aaron Abe was not there, so it was me and Aaron and two guys I did not know. But we talked about it for like two, two and a half hours cool. on Sunday night. That's out now. That is very spoilery because 
I was talking to you, I don't remember if I said this to you or just thinking this, but when we did F9 on their show, they were like, hey, we don't really want to spoil things. We're like, cool, like, we can sort of dance around some stuff. And, like, we, we tiptoed towards spoilers but didn't. Yeah. So I asked last night, or, you know, on Sunday night when we recorded, how do we do this without spoiling? He's like, oh, no, we're going to have to. Like, yeah, you everybody's ha- yeah. either going to have seen it or whatever, or, like, they're going to they're not going to care about spoilers if they listen to it. So we, like, went full bore on spoilers. So cool. Brian and Kyle and Mike on Brian's show did full spoilers. And if you want Out Now with Aaron and Abe, Plus somebody from Slash Film and somebody else. Like it was a cool, it was a cool conversation, long conversation, because uh, there's lots to talk about. But yeah, Spider Man was a blast. I think I like it more than Chang Chi, but I think those are definitely the two best since Endgame, right? Yeah, like in the last yeah, yeah, yeah. five or six or whatever. So I agree. Are you watching? Are you caught up with Hawkeye or no? I am, and I'm and I'm actually really enjoying it. Yeah, it's like it's the best Marvel. It's the best MCU TV show, right? Like, or you used to like other ones more. I still like other ones more, but this one is great because this is the first one that feels like it has real implications in the sure MCU. It's also the short. No, I guess Falcon was also six, but this is six. Like this, the finale as we record this is tomorrow. Oh, okay. The finale will wow. have aired by the time anybody hears this anywhere because we're not recording. We won't record the back half of this until after the finale is already out. So yeah, tomorrow is the finale, and then next week, uh, Boba Fett starts, or tomorrow as you're listening to this, Boba okay. Fett starts. I feel like Hawkeye is, like, really paralleling the movies. You know, WandaVision and uh, Captain, what, win- like, Falcon Winter Soldier, this yep. one. Mm-hmm. Um, those two were like, okay, like, this is just more content. Whereas, like, now it feels like these are like, oh, they're almost integral. Like, you need to be watching them as this is happening. I do think you need to see all of them. Like, I think yeah. that they're doing it in a way that it's never more than one at a time. So it's never more than an hour a week, but like you have to see even what if, which was positioned as like, yes, standalone yes. thing. It factors in, especially seems in like it. Yeah. Certain things that might or might not have been in movies. Definitely does. You, you have to watch it all. I do like Hawkeye. This is kind of a spoiler for Hawkeye, but like it's just open. Like people are posting about, it, like the actors are posting about it. But like the fact that Yelena Belova's there, like Florence Pugh is amazing. I love her in the as Yelena, so I love that she's there. So she's yes. great. I'm glad that she showed up. I love Haley Steinfeld from all of her movies. I like Jeremy Renner. So I like Linda Cardellini. Like it's a great, it's great, and it's short and it's good, and I'm very much into that. So yeah, Marvel winning I said hashtag this, winning no i said this before like the only part that i don't like about hawkeye is it's just like a lot of hand-to-hand combat and like i really don't care like it feels like too much of an action movie for me at points but like all the story points i do like sure a lot so that's well, you just that don't like funny. action no no not, not that i don't like action but like just like a six minute like choreographed fight scene is like okay cool yeah, it. like, it's not, I mean, it's good. It's not great, though. It's not compared to, like, it's not the best of, like, things that we will exactly. we will have watched or whatever. But, yeah. yeah, no, it's good. I mean, I think it's better than other Marvel things, but it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, yes, Hawkeye good. Hawkeye good. It's good, yes. Uh, I also saw The Lost Daughter in movie theaters, which is Maggie Gyllenhaal wrote and directed this, starring Olivia Colman and Jesse Buckley. It's great. Um, it's very, it, it made me feel very anxious. Um, Ooh. It's a drama. Let me see what the let me see what Letterbox describes it as. A woman's seaside vacation takes a dark turn when her obsession with a young mother forces her to confront secrets from her past. And it's just, you know, Olivia Coleman on vacation and sees Dakota Johnson from Fifty Shades of Grey and a bunch of other movies. Okay. And her husband or boyfriend or whatever, who is the guy, he's Oliver Jackson Cohen, who is the guy you remember in Hill House? I didn't see Hill House. He was also in Blind Manor. Didn't see Blind Manor. 
Only Midnight Mass for me. Oh, Jesus. Well, he's not in Midnight okay, Mass. Uh, but yeah, so Olivia Coleman on vacation sort of becomes obsessed with Dakota Johnson. Jesse Buckley plays a younger Olivia Coleman. It's basically just like people on vacation and like tension brewing and you're kind of like something very bad could happen, but it also doesn't feel like the kind of movie where something terribly bad could happen, but also it might. And so like, it's the whole thing. It's just like, Oh God. Okay, So it makes you anxious. That makes sense. But it's very, very good. So shout out to Maggie Gyllenhaal for, you know, Rachel from the dark Knight. This is her first feature and it's, it's incredible how good it is. So that was good. Speaking of midnight mass and stuff, although I might've cut that out. If it, this might not make sense. I don't know. But I, I watched Midnight Mass, which I liked a lot. I did not like as much as Hill House. Uh, I talked to John Brooks about it because John Brooks loved, loved it, yeah. Midnight Mass. Like that was like, a, he said it's his favorite filmed thing in years. I was like, okay, cool. I liked it a lot. I was I was a big fan. I thought it was really awesome. And it's beautiful too. So I, I get where he's coming from. I don't you know necessarily rank it as that for me, but I get where he's coming from. I can see it. One of the issues that I have with it is, I wish it wasn't an issue, but it is kind of an issue. And it's the same thing. Like I just started Squid Game. I'm only one episode in Squid Game, but it's the kind of thing where it's like everyone on earth is like, this is the greatest show of the year. And I watch it and I'm like, yeah, it's good. But like, it's not as good, but also like the Mike Flanagan thing, like everybody who loves Mike Flanagan loves Mike Flanagan. So even if I was like the first person in the world to see Midnight Mass, I still would have known the internet like, oh my God, new Mike Flanagan show coming this week or whatever. But like Midnight Mass is great. Like I'm not saying it's not great, but it's just not my favorite thing of the year, but it's really good. So yeah, I get it. There's like, you're you're still chasing hype, right? Like it's just, and I think that generally like the stuff that becomes hype in the public can be good, but people have a limited lens this this happens to me a lot because I'll be like, oh, like my friends will be like, did you see the show? I'll be like, yeah, I watched it. They'll be like, it was the greatest show ever. I'll be like, yeah, it it was good. <laughs> but like I've seen even me who sees a lot less stuff than you. I'm like, that movie was good. But like I've seen a lot better movies. Like, yeah, it's hard. I don't know. Like it even things that I know are going to be great. Some of them like I'm like, yeah, that was great. Or like it still blows me away or can still sort of just dis- it's just I don't know. It's, I think it's all about the mood you're in. If I watch Midnight, what I will say about Midnight Mass and all of my Flanagan stuff, he, unlike many other people, creates art and TV shows in a way that kind of encourages rewatching in a way that I don't think any like many other people do. Like we watch the Fast and Furious movies on loop just because we're insane. But like you're not really getting more out of it the no. second time around. Yeah. We're like yeah, picking yeah. up a little details or whatever, but like Hill House and Blind Manor and this all, once you know, I don't want to call it the twist, but like once you know what happens and how things play out, I do think that watching it again, you will glean more information and get more stuff out of the earlier episodes, which I don't think is true of most things. I think most things probably improve on getting rewatched, but I think his are like written to be rewatched. That makes sense. I get it. Yeah, you know, when you're watching, okay, for like the most gentlest basic analogy i think like when you watch fight club the first time and then when you watch it again sure. you're like oh man like look at all this stuff i missed in the beginning i think it's partly that but i think like fight club is sort of different because it's it's reliant upon a twist where midnight mass there's twist but it's just like there's it's building to a story it's not really a twist it's just like it, it just is the story yeah. you don't know it yet Correct. Yes. And that's why when you were, I think it might've been on air last week where, you're, where I was like three episodes in, you're like, how are you liking it? I'm like, I like it, but like, I don't, I think it's too early to say, cause I know that it's building toward a thing and I don't want to say like, oh, it's not good yet because, and I was saying this to John, like, this is a very, very dumbing down and not how I really feel. 
But if you ask me what I thought of Hill House after four episodes, I'd be like, it sucks. I wouldn't say that, but like just for the sake of argument, it's not good. Yeah. But then the fifth episode, you're like, oh, I get it now. But going from four to five, I was just like, okay, I understand now. Or five, whatever, it's either five or six. Yeah. One episode like halfway through was like, this is incredible. And now I get it. But until that point, I was just like, I don't see what's special about this, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. he does a thing where it's just like, take the whole thing in, enjoy it, absorb it, think about it, watch it again, listen to people, talk, whatever, do your thing. John put out an episode with Dan Colon, our guest last week, and also uh, yeah. Dr. Kelly Baker. They were on talking about Midnight Mass from like October, I think. So check that out if you want. Hard to believe. The other thing that you and I both did separately, what? but the guest today introduced us on our Speed Racer oh, Patreon episode yes. to... An online editing collective, which is the, the most succinct way to say it, I guess, called Racer Trash, which live which we streams. we pitched on here before when we did the yes. Speed Racer episode a lot. Was that a but that was behind episode? The, that was behind the paywall, yeah. So okay, you so. Get your finances in order and come join us because we talk about good stuff behind the paywall. We do a lot, actually. And we just moved a bonus episode behind the paywall. We got a couple with Brian Late Night <laughs> Slumber Party Rodriguez coming up. One of which is going to be insane, and one of which will be a continuation of a series that we started this year. So if you're not already a patron at TooFastTooForever.com, you shouldn't give us money, but it's going to be worth it, because like, there's going to be a couple bonus Brian episodes that's going to be like, there oh is, boy, yeah. this is going to be wild. I'm He's just kind like, of yeah, like arm-wrestled sure. Joey into more episodes behind the paywall recently. I know. That's I why can't, I'm giggling. I, just, I don't remember if I said it on air or off. It's just, it's just easier to say yes to Brian, so... <laughs> Yeah. More Brian coming and other stuff, you know, bonus episodes monthly and everything like that. But we talked about Racer Trash. They started in the pandemic. They are apparently dissolving or breaking up or just not doing any more. So what they're doing instead, or not instead, to like to sort of send themselves off is they're streaming everything they did. So they had like a 19 hour or 17 hour live it was stream insane, Saturday. Dude. Like, yeah, it was it all was day Saturday into so Sunday good. morning for us, like until like 9 or 10 a.m. Yeah, it was like noon to 10 or something. It was noon Pacific. It was 3 p.m. our time to like 10. Yeah. So 3 to 10 would be, yeah, like 19 hours. It was crazy. And it's so cool. And like it's genuinely unlike anything else on the internet. You and I both love it. And so they're going to do two more streams this month. I don't know when those are. I would guess that by the time this episode comes out, one of them will already have happened. But just follow Racer Trash on Twitter or twitch.tv slash Racer X Trash or just Google it or whatever and find them. But to describe it though, it's like, it's like they take movies, like, uh, for example, Speed Racer, they edit them. Like, it's it feels like chopped and screwed to me. Like, it's like slowed down, yep. like very purpley kind of like that whole chopped and screwed era of hip hop. And then like, they also put like chill wave music over it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like extended music videos, but it's kind of trippy. And it's a movie that you've seen and it's everybody's different perspective of it. Cause there's like, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 of them. So they each do like a piece. You're right. It's just very interesting. Very weird. It feels great to have on in the background of something. I don't know if you were like in like a really hipster bar, this feels like something you would just have playing in the background, right? Yes. And so I think the only one that they have publicly available is Speed Vapor, which is their Speed Racer one. It's on their yeah. Vimeo. You can find that if you Google that. They also have like clips and stuff online that you can watch, but it's just so cool. Like it's it's just it's so well done. Like they just have a bunch of people. They have like, hey, edit a five or ten minute chunk and then they all like put it together and like it tells the story but it's also like you know joe saying like it's about the movie but it's also like they did like one on romeo and juliet the Baz Luhrmann one from the 90s but they also just had like because harold perrineau was in there but they had when we talked about lost and like just michael shouting for walt they just have like an extended like super cut of him saying Dude, walt they so, like, have it's just... so much weird because sh- like they're pop culture nerds like us so yeah 
there's a ton of Mario references, and like Nintendo, I mean, like there was obviously a Mario. They did a whole Super Mario one, yeah, based on the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, so then there's like you know like video game stuff and and the movie and sounds and you know they just cut in like a bunch of random shit that you're like whenever I'm watching it I'm like what the fuck and then like you see four things that are related but it's just like what they're thinking of while they're watching that movie it's really cool and what was fun was that like I knew like they had leaked quote unquote leaked uh, set list of what they were gonna do was like I don't know when things start or end because like it kind of is but it's like also like is this the last thing is it just like a bumper interstitial in between is this the next thing I don't know. But it's just, it's very special. Again, they're going to be on Twitch. They're going to stream two more things. All of the things that came out this year, probably 30 more hours worth of stuff. Like, I just, it's so cool. It's going to go away. I mean, hopefully they release it in some form or whatever, but check it out if you can, because it's amazing. So two more times between now and the end of the year. And Joe, do you want to plug once again, the, what people should do on New Year's Eve? On New Year's Eve, my greatest recommendation to all of you guys, which I know some of you have started following is please, please, for your own sake, watch the CNN broadcast of Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper getting wasted on CNN <laughs> and them doing the wackiest shit I've ever seen. It feels like nobody's actually paying attention to what's happening that night, and it's a lot of fun to just see these people go wild. They go to, like, the the bar in Key West, usually. They were, they've been to dispensaries and on a weed bus once. Like, to where, like, one of the people got stoned, Don Lemon got his ear pierced on live TV. It just, like, weird shit happens. So, I highly recommend it. I find it very enjoyable. Uh, It's something great to drink, too. And it's better than fucking Ryan Seacrest. Well, I will say that there is a uh, challenger approaches that replacing Carson Daly this year is now Pete Davidson and Miley Cyrus. So, (sighs) that's a couple of Chaos Goblins. I don't know. It is Chaos Goblins, but I, I don't know if they can behave the way I want them to to make that as interesting as I want it to be yeah I don't know it's either going to be amazing or terrible and I feel like the fact that people are expecting amazing because you're like Andy yes. Anderson Cooper what a, they're just they're nerds or whatever right like, yeah they're, they're just like, they're, or, like the guy from the hosts. housewives yeah the guy from the housewives and the guy that's on CNN that just like tells like news things and like host uh what is it, the political debates you're like what is those guys like, yeah but they're fucking wasted and like that's the charm of that for me that you just see them just like 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 when he when Nicole Kidman called in and Andy asked her about her long weird fingers and then they hung up on him you know like that's the kind of weird stuff that happens on the CNN broadcast. That's why I like it so much. So CNN on New Year's Eve, because this episode will come out on the 28th on the main feed, and our Crank oh, High excited. Voltage episode will come out on New Year's Eve. So no matter where you listen to this on the Patreon or the main feed, do in your interest, set a Siri reminder or whatever. Give it a shot. Watch and like CNN. And it gets it gets rowdier as it goes, right? Like, it, like at midnight, it kind of like starts to really tank, because then they do like midnight in other places. But, like, around, like, 11.30, they're pretty toasty, so. Yeah. I think that's all I did in the last week. I also had my birthday. I had dinner with Happy my parents. Birthday. But that was uneventful. Thank you so much. Rachel had her birthday. Spy Racers is out. That's right. I haven't watched it yet, but Spy Racers is out. Spy Racers. What's it called? It's called Spy Racers Homecoming, too, Homecoming. by the way. I saw it on, yeah, I saw Spy it. Spy Racers Far From Home. Spy Racers No <laughs> Way Home. Yes, exactly. We have a Patreon page, the aforementioned Patreon page, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Ooh. Slumber Party, and this show also, apparently. Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, Dietonano. Duke also now going to be the father of a second baby. I saw. Congrats, little boy. Duke. Congrats, the Duke. Yeah, I saw. Renato Dietonano, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. 
what an intro. That was there a lot going on there, so there was, yeah. but I good job remembering and spotlighting Duke for that. I wonder if his son is gonna be as fucking adorable as his daughter is, because she's really cute. So she is very cute. Dominic Toretto Hayden. He promised me he's gonna <laughs> name him Dominic Toretto. He did not he did not promise me that. But Duke, I know you're listening. Brian. Brian Please. Hayden. <laughs> we have an email address, family at cage. And also, I will say, join the Patreon. We got a bonus episode coming up soon. We just had a bonus episode. We got crazy stuff coming up. Again, whenever Brian's on, it's just like, what are we doing? So, <laughs> yeah, he's picking movies way fucking out there. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So just know that. When uh, Brian came to us, it goes, just hear us out. This movie kind of works, and this is why. <laughs> Like, it didn't work for, like, the theme, the lap, like, the show, anything. He was just like, this is why it kind of works. So you're like, okay, I guess. But yeah. We have an email address, family at cageclub.me, and we have a couple of things, very quick reads. We got our year in review from YouTube. Our most viewed countries are the Philippines and India and then the U.S. So bots, bots, grumpy old men. So shout out to them. Yeah. Like, we don't really, I mean, we've said it before, YouTube, like, we don't care if people watching YouTube or not. It's just there in case people want to watch it. But I will say we did get another YouTube comment on our Into the Blue episode. I don't know what they were expecting, but it just, from Mina Reno, Service SG, the entirety of the comment, motherfucker. Okay, cool. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Don't know. Thanks. Don't, Don't know. And then our only real email for today is from Justin Kleiman, subject line, area codes. He says, lending credence to your X12 area code theory, Minneapolis is 612. So we had said last time, New York, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Austin, but I forgot Minneapolis 612. That's really cool. I like the one twos, man, on the one two one twos. That's cool. But then the weird thing is that 712 goes into Iowa. Yeah, kind of strange. So not a, not a big city. And then I can imagine 812, 912. It's also to the point where, like, it's far enough around that it doesn't really make sense. Like, 323. Like, that's why probably LA is 323, right? Because it's, like, yeah. it's, it's closer on the turn of the, the dial or whatever. But, yeah, Minneapolis, 612, the last of the great 1-2 area codes. That's awesome. So thank you, Justin. Minneapolis, born and bred. Also, the Vikings played last night. And Jesus Christ, what an ugly win. Yeah. It, it's hard to watch. But, um... You won, so that's good. We don't count. We don't count what it looked like in the in the scorebooks, right? So it's the first time Kirk Cousins has ever, ever, ever won back to back primetime games. So I know he's getting rid of that curse, Kirk. man. Like he he did that. He, yeah, man, he threw it. for eighty seven yards last night. Who boy? <laughs> I mean, they won. They won. So whatever, it's fine. Exactly. Oh, by the way, of note. You can now, if you listen on Spotify, which if you're a patron, you should not be listening on Spotify. We talked about that recently. You should be yeah. listening to the Patreon feed. But if yeah. you listen on Spotify, Spotify now accepts user ratings. So please oh, cool. rate our podcast five Good stars. Yep. Mostly because I'm assuming a lot of people who listen on Spotify are probably looking for the soundtrack. They'd be like, this isn't the soundtrack. Like, I'm assuming there's a, probably a big chunk of people listening who are grumpy like they are on t- YouTube. So just give us five stars, please. Yeah. Thank you. That would be nice. Yeah, please. I don't know why they never did it, but they now do it now. So rating, five stars, submit. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Anything you have seen? I mean, Spy Racers is out now, but anything else you have seen of note? Didn't you just post that Gal's going to be in a new movie? I posted, so Walt posted, I responded to it, that Gal is in the new Kenneth Branagh movie, which they're not really promoting because someone who got canceled is in it hold on but like his murder on the orient express sequel like the next hercule poirot okay death on the nile 
where he plays Poirot again, starring Gal Gadot, but also who was in it? Oh, right, Army Hammer's in it. That's oh, why they're not really talking yeah. about it. Because yeah. it's a movie with Kenneth Brown and Gal Gadot and Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones and Army Hammer and, like, all Russell Brand. Like, a bunch of people are in this, and, like, the first one was really popular, and so you would think they would be promoting it more, but the Army Hammer of it all, they're like, oh, let's not. So Gal Gadot in Death on the Nile coming in February. Yeah, poor Gal. Like, she's been in some great movies, like, fucking Red Notice and stuff like that, and they all seem to kind of have, like, a little bit of weirdness around them, so. Anything else you've seen? I don't, I feel like there was maybe another thing. Let me see if I can find one. But is there anything you can think of that we have seen in the last week? The one we're going to talk to, talk about. Sure, for sure. Spy Racers, we said that. Minor news, but Fast and Furious 10 moved back six weeks from like April to May. So May 23, Fast and Furious 10. So instead of kicking off in April, it kicks off in May, which is fine, doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It's yeah, it's the same thing. The like what the last one was coming out in May, anyways, and the, yeah, whatever. It, you know, and it's probably gonna get moved again anyway, so I'm not fucking worried about it yet. Yeah, but the, what you hinted at, there is a new episode of Young Rock, the holiday special, now on Hulu and probably Peacock and wherever you watch NBC shows, and it's very, very cute. The Christmas Peril. Yeah, that's what it's called, and it's really hilarious the premise of it actually really made me happy it's like the ghost it's you know so it's the christmas carol yep but the rock is instead of playing tiny tim he's playing what large tim big tim tiny big tim, tim. Grew up. big tim <laughs> he's big tim and his crutch is like a shotgun with like shotgun shells in it and stuff which is kind of goofy so like that's fun and it starts around littlest dewey young dewey you know like eight or ten year old dewey yes. who wants a cabbage patch kid but finds out he's gonna get like a radish baby which is like the knockoff cabbage yeah, generic patch kid. yeah 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 but high school dewey shows up and just like this is not your worst christmas let me show you your worst christmas and they just go through and they show all these different things but in the end as Young Rock goes, it's all about the people you spend time with and, like, the things that you do and everything. But it's cool because it's the first time and probably the only time where a young Dewey, high school Dewey, and college Dewey all meet each other. And they hang out in, like, in like yes. the ghost realm. Yeah, it was the very first time that we got all three of those actors together. And they actually played really well against each other, too. I mean, we we knew that we really liked all of them separately. But there was never a reason for them to kind of be together. And it was cool that it was, like, a showcase to let them act up, upon each other. Yeah. It was cute seeing them all think that the older one is the coolest version of themselves like as it goes yes like to the point where they're like oh my god like because young dewey sees what's her name karen it's not is it karen or is it it's the girlfriend that he lost he's just like yeah how did you mess that up she's beautiful yeah hot what is it studies hard karen or something you remember when he's like yeah and then they go to college like oh my god do we look like that like that's amazing and then they see actual the rock like, why would we ever wear a shirt like it's, yeah. just, it's just funny so like every time like he is getting better looking and more ripped and more popular and whatever as time goes on yeah and that, that that cracked me up and just like the whole premise was just cute and like you know like what was it like the whole story was just like life and also christmas is like all what you make of it so just yep. like stop being a dickhead about it and then like like it's only bad because you put yourself in a bad position yeah also we um got a great another cameo of ed ogeron which is always funny to me. Oh, is he the guy? Is he the coach? Yeah. You, yeah. Do, you know who he is? It, like You he, told me. I forget who it is, though. He's the, He was the head coach of LSU until he just like, right. quit this year. Okay. okay. But he's always like, go Tigers. Like, he has, like, that goofy accent. And, like, yeah. So seeing Ed Ogeron always cracks me up because I think that he's a really funny human in real life. Just because, sure. like, his 
accent and shit is wild. He, like, does pressers. He sounds like this. And he's probably, like, the biggest star of this that's not one of the Deweys, because, like, the college Dewey spends Christmas with him and his mom, so he's on screen for probably more than he has at this point, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's a big part of this episode. Macho Man's in this episode. Andre, we've had episodes with before, but Andre the Giant's in this one. It was just cute. It was cute, man. It, like, you know, I'm a big Grinch, and you can hear that, like, it made me smile and laugh, so. It's only 20 minutes. Just yeah. watch it. You get Dwanta Claws, which is a great way, because we had oh, Lanta yeah. in Fate of the Furies, but now we got Dwanta Claws, so, yeah, it's a good episode. Check it out. It was it was definitely a good one. I, I enjoyed it, and it, it made me smile. And to be honest, like, now I'm just, like, amped to get more Young Rock, because, like, I do think that show is, like, really heartwarming. Yeah. So, like, just give me more of that, and, like, I'm glad that they made this to make that. I told you, but I haven't, like, like I watch Pat McAfee a lot, and, like, they're all giant fans of it because they're, like, wrestling fans, football fans. Sure. The Rock fans. So, like, they were talking about how amped they were for it and when they watched it, how cute it was when it came out last week, so... Yeah. It's it's awesome. Check it out, check it out, check it out. Yep. But the only thing to do, that's all the news, the only thing that we do before we take a break is the Fast and Furious, the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 41, which I feel like this minute title could change based on the trivia question, which I didn't write any yet, but we'll, we'll get there. But for now, Minute 41, a minute called Potential. Oh, what's that supposed to mean? It means you're always getting in trouble over a female, Brian. Man, Tesh's garage is ridiculous. He's got the best of everything. Snap-on tools. All these lifts are brand new. They're only maybe a couple months old. Hey, yo, Jimmy. What's up, man? Hey, what up, Bullet? Hey, that's Rome right there. Do me a favor. When you get a second, I want you to check out the Evo and the Spider and make sure everything's copacetic. Evo? Where'd you get an Evo from? Bro, it's a long story. I got you, man. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Come take us out. Man, it's so hot and humid out here. I can't even wear no drawers. Man, tell me about it. <laughs> Look at all this potential out here. So in this minute, Roman scolds Brian about chasing after women before they finally, finally, finally leave Carter Verone's house. Thank God. I know. And this was what I was telling you about the other day, remember? Yes, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like, he, they, this was the history and what we were talking about when we were talking about Noni's Denise. Them talking about Noni's Denise and taking down Noni's Denise and getting in trouble with women and stuff is like, this is kind of a Roman and Brian through line now. Yeah. Even though Roman is also like, as the movies go on, Brian settles down, Roman's like, you know, Mr. Playboy or whatever. But yeah, yes. for now, the history, the established history, always having trouble with females, Brian. Exactly. So then, Brian and Roman pull up to Tesh's garage, and Brian gives him the lay of the land. Brian asks Jimmy to check out the Evo and the Spider to make things are copacetic. Make sure things are copacetic. Brian and Roman head behind Tesh's garage to see all the potential. Jet ski races, women in bikinis, and a nonstop party as the minute ends. So not only are we finally off Carter's property, but there is so much to take in. There's the party out back. There is all the garage stuff out front. Bunch of cars. So I dug deep on one thing, but before we go there, what did you find? Anything cool that you found? Did you find locations? Because we got there's a lot of opportunity here for different things. So I looked in every type of film location set thing that I looked at and Googled and forums and everything. It won't tell me where Tej's garage is. 
I was wondering, there is a t- there is a street sign in the background. It's just so, so small, I can't see it. It's when Jimmy and Brian are talking, and he asks him about to check the Evo. There is a street sign, but it's across the street and okay. behind them. So it's very it was very difficult for me to see. I don't think I could make it out. I was going to ask you if you could read it, possibly, but I don't think that you will be able to. I'm going to bring it up on Amazon Prime. Actually, let's see here, because we talked about it on Fast and Furious, how they described... That movie. So here's how Amazon Prime describes Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, this is much better description. Paul Walker finds his way into the Miami street racing scene where he's forced to go undercover for the FBI in this sequel. Yeah, that makes sense. It's supposed to like, it's about heroin. Yay. <laughs> I'm going to look up the street sign and see if I can find it. Because like, what's weird, so there's a, a burger chain in Austin called P. Terry's, P.T.E.R.R.Y. I think I've heard you and, yeah, I think Wes says he really likes it, right? Was that it's like good. one of his yeah. top tier choices? Yeah. It's a it's a good fast food burger. Okay. Probably better than Whataburger, but I'm not going to go to bat for P. Terry's. That's yeah, not going to exactly. go. It's, nothing's going to, nothing's going to work out well here. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, their thing is like they have like sort of like art deco kind of like weird eye-catching building designs and so next Tesh's garage the shape of the buildings yeah 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 or like just a thing that they'll have like the roof or whatever will be like oh that's a weird looking thing whatever that's a p terry's so like the roof next door like to like the the covered garage thing looks where he meets jimmy yeah it's very 60s yeah you're right i I and then there's like a mountain or something or like a weird building behind did you notice that there was but there was a sign that i couldn't read there and that's why i was like okay on to the next it's weird. And, like, I didn't know if this was going to be, like, uh, oh, I can't screenshot Amazon Prime. Why? Is it, like, blocking you? Because it's, like... it's black. Like, yeah, because uh, some, like, Netflix and Amazon block you from screenshotting picture. Screenshotting. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never so tried there's it. Like, so. There's, like, a mountain kind of thing behind it. I couldn't tell if that was going to be, like, a landmark you could use or what that was. Or maybe just, like, a, it might just be, like, a thatched roof of something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, like a giant TP roof or something yeah. weird. Yeah. Like, it looks like a mountain. It's clearly not a mountain because it's in downtown Miami, right? But It's probably, like, a, to be honest, like a hibachi restaurant or something weird, right? Like, some kind of, like, themed, like a tiki bar or something. Yeah. Uh, the like. road is John's something. I don't know if it's Johnston. It looks like the word continues, but J-O-H-N, and it looks like an S, at least, John. is the road that, like, intersects. That is... So, like, the road that Tej's garage is on is not John's whatever, but the road that's perpendicular to that, that, like, goes alongside it, like, like I would imagine ends of the water, is John's something. John's, okay. If that, that's a, probably a real street sign. There's not that many streets that, like, end in, like, probably, like, a little, I mean, maybe there's a bunch of lakes or whatever, but you know what I mean? I also, I cannot read the street sign behind Ryan and Jimmy. Like, that, that's real tiny. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was trying to read that, because that's the street that tells you what street it's on. Although it looks like West something drive. West Ocean Drive, maybe? What makes sense. West Ocean Drive. <laughs> Street lined with Art Deco buildings is what it's described in Google Maps. Hey, man. So West Ocean Drive and John's something? Yeah, but they look like they're, like, on... They look like they're, like, on the water, though. So is it, like, Alton Road? Oh, there's Ocean Drive here. Yeah, okay. So I'm looking now. Ocean Drive, Street Line with Art Deco buildings... So what are these like? I think we're like because the back of it Maps, touches the back of it touches the oh no West Avenue maybe because like look that's like the, the the side of Miami there West Avenue is the well, side so, of okay south. so I so Ocean Drive runs basically north south right I think John's is something like 
that runs east west at like or it's like first it, like, it's just numbered streets but like first second third fourth fifth i'll do so we got west taking. ocean we got west ocean which feels like so note that in the document because we're I, getting closer. I think i think that it i think that it's west avenue if you go to the the west side of long beach there there's west avenue that runs up the side but that runs along the water at parts you see what i'm saying like we need something that that somehow touches the water because like we we see that there's water right behind them like a bay right but like west ocean drive would not touch the water no it runs parallel to the water and the other side of of south beach is the beach is is south beach so like that's sand there's no sand there it's more of the other side yeah get it mm. and that's called west avenue which would make sense but they're on this island you think right on miami beach i would i would be inclined to say so all the east west streets are numbered so like whatever that is like john's or whatever wouldn't be that so i don't know but yeah okay closer still not an answer but closer maybe um, also, so something cool that I did find to segue us back in is that there's this like weird shop called Wings that's a yeah. beach store, and it looks like one of these like I don't know what do, what are they called in like Ocean City? I'm sure that they're like what they're called like sunscreen or like what are like su- sunnies or something? You know what I mean? Oh wait, hold on, hold on. I got I found a website. Okay, what? go ahead, tell me. The garage owned by X Street Racer Tej stood at 1200 North Ocean Drive in Hollywood Beach, 20 miles north of downtown Miami. It's been since demolished and the site redeveloped as a parking lot. But 1200 North Ocean Drive, Hollywood, Florida. That's on the water. That's it. Yep. Yep. Let's see if the if the st- other streets. Johnson Street. Johnson yep. Street. Yep. Yep. There Look you go. That. It's now a sh- place that's called Puffles. The other thing that I found in this thing is that the Pearl Champagne Lounge, which we talked about last minute we're going to get to, is on Ocean Drive in South Miami Beach. So we'll get back to Ocean Drive. This is a different Ocean Drive, different town, but same ocean. Okay. That's very, very cool. Good yeah. find. Good spot. I love it. Thank you. Cool. All right. What else did you find? The The store that we said which was wings and i said this reminds me of like a beach store what are they called in ocean city i know that there's like different ones there's like sunnies or you know like when you go to one of these beach towns and they have the store that's like flip-flops and like t-shirts of the beach that you're at shot glasses towels sunscreen these kind of stores yep you know what i'm talking about yeah, Wings yeah, yeah, yeah. looks like mm-hmm. one one of those but there was no wings store in miami when i searched for it coolest thing that i found in my like weird you know digging is that uh tej's microphone is a fanon power microphone okay megaphone there's like one shot that he has like a that it that he stops and you can see fanon written on the side and i was like oh cool and i found it it looks like they just peeled the sticker off the megaphone part of it like the horn of it okay one last interesting thing that i got was there's all these, there's two custom bicycles inside the garage. Oh, which I thought, no, I just saw the thing. Yep. Okay. There's two custom bicycles inside the garage, which I thought was like interesting. So I thought that maybe that could play into the question because they're like on screen for a while. They're in the background, but they're like on screen for a while. And then lastly, go ahead, Joey. Wait, so what's on the screen for a while? Say that again, because I was just, I was. The two m- custom bicycles, because like right behind Brian and, in Roman when they're standing there looking out at the water, but you see inside the garage, it's like them side by side, kind of. I'm looking now. I'm watching now. There's like a yellow bicycle and a purple bicycle that are like behind them. And they're like, oh, yeah, which actually matches the colors of their cars, right? Yes. Or no? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, purple yeah. and yellow. So I thought that, that was like interesting that they're there. They're just in the garage and just there. 
we never see them again. Okay, so where is the number? Where'd you pull the number off of? Look up on the sign right above them, above the custom bicycles. I don't know what it's for. It doesn't even have a sign of what it's for. Yeah, that's that's tricky. All right, we're going to find out. Okay, so there, yeah, there's a phone number that's on the sign. You don't see what the sign says. It's just the phone number. Thank you for calling Nitrous Express and Snow Performance. Please make a selection from the following choices. For sales... Well, i got to say that again. Is Nitrous what? Yeah, it's Nitrous. That's what I said. Thank you for calling Nitrous Express and Snow Performance. Please make a selection from the following choices. I can't hear it. Like... For sales... Let me search the number to try to find out what it is, because I didn't want to do that and ruin it. But it sounds like it's like a NOS filling company, which would make perfect sense. All right. So the issue is that there's no, like, main operator line. Yeah, it's okay. No worries. We just I just want to find out what it was. It's a nitrous oh, It's nitrousexpress.com. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. So nitrousexpress.com. Does it still exist? It, the page is loading very, very slow. Well, the company still exists. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. It's just a... Yeah, there you go. It would make perfect, perfect sense that this is just Nitrous Express. Are they based in Florida is the question. They're based in Texas. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, how many custom sure. Nitrous yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, things yeah. are there? These guys would obviously know, even if it was in Texas, that this is, like, the Nitrous Systems right. company. Oh, yes. that's cool. We've seen this sticker before. Like, they've had it on their car. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. The other thing I wanted to say before I pointed out what I what I did the research on is that the song playing this minute is Pick Up the Phone by Tyrese Ooh. featuring Ludacris and also R. Kelly, who we're not going to talk about. But Tyrese and Ludacris together in a song, not bad. Yeah, and R. Kelly. Very strange. Okay. And R. Kelly. Again, not going to talk about him, but we just he's there. Um, okay, so what I went deep on this minute was this is Jimmy has been in the movie. Tej was talking to Jimmy on the phone. We see Jimmy at the bridge, lowering the bridge or raising the bridge, right? Yes, yes. But I did some digging on Jimmy. He is played by Jin Ah Young, who's also known as MC Jin. Yep. Uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, his first on-screen credit. He was also in The Man with the Iron Fist, which is a movie that RZA starred in and maybe directed or wrote or something. He wrote it's like or a directed. RZA movie. He yeah. produced maybe uh, something, but yes. He did a lot of things for it. Yep, I agree. Jin has been in 18 total films. He's got songs in five different movies, which we knew these, but Too Fast, Too Furious, the song Peel Off, and Fast and Furious 6, HK, Hong Kong Superstar, which is pretty cool. I thought it was cool that there was a YouTube series I used to watch or I'd seen some of called the Epic Rap Battles of History. Do you know yeah. that? Do you remember that? I knew MC Jin as a rap battle artist from like YouTube back in the day. Gotcha. Okay. This was like, I th- I want to say it was like a drunk history, but not drunk, obviously. But it was like the kind of like retelling or whatever. And this is Eastern Philosophers versus Western Philosophers. And he wrote on that episode or wrote that episode, which I thought was pretty cool. Of note, though, from his wiki, he's notable for being the first Asian-American solo rapper to be signed to a major record label in the U.S., which is very cool. That's very cool. Good for Born him. Born and yeah. raised in Miami, which makes sense why he's here. His parents owned a Chinese restaurant. His big break came in 02, although I think he, before this movie came out, he like they were like, we're going to move to New York, and they moved to New York, so whatever. Okay. So I think he eventually also grew up in New York, too, but whatever. So in 2002, his big break was when 106 and Park invited local rappers on Freestyle Friday. He occasionally spoke Cantonese in his freestyle verses, which was very cool and very unusual. He won seven in a row, got inducted into the Freestyle Friday Hall of Fame. And then when he was inducted, he announced that he had signed that Rough Riders Entertainment label had signed him to a record deal, which is very cool. I remember those. Those 106 and Park uh, rap battles like that, that was... 
at, at a period in time, it was kind of like TRL music videos, right? Where it was just like, they, they were just having this go on, and the, the rap battles were just epic. And, like, just people just, like, destroying each other. Like, to where fights would almost break out type situation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're just sure. saying flagrant shit at each other. And this is, like, on TV. Like, they're, they're not even, like, calling them, like, swear words, right? Like, they're... They're just like just totally ripping these dudes, and it right. was uh, it was incredible to watch. His first song that Rough Riders released was "Learn Chinese," which featured Lyclef John, and sampled James Brown's "Blind Man Can See It." I don't know if you know this; I would assume you do. But his second single was supposed to be "I Got a Love," which was produced by and featured Kanye. Do you know that song? No. No, I don't. So MC Jin featuring Kanye. Listen to it today. It's fine. I got a love. But they like delayed that for a year. And then the the album eventually came out. And like, it didn't seem like they promoted it very well. And like, it that did okay in the charts, lot. but like, it just died. And so he's like, all right, I'm leaving. I'm, you know, he went around. He did some other stuff or whatever. He then retired from hip hop. Eventually got back into the game, but retired from hip hop, became a born again Christian. Then endorsed Obama when Obama ran for president in 08. Kind of wild. a song called okay. Open Letter to Obama, where the proceeds from that were donated to the Obama campaign. And then two years ago, he endorsed Andrew Yang for the Democratic presidential primary and released two songs, The Drew Yang Gang, That's Who I Hooked Up With, and Hashtag 8 Mile Yang, toured with Yang, then later released Yang for New York, a song and video in support of Yang when he wrote when he ran for mayor of New York City, which is just crazy that, like, I can see, like, you know, not a lot of Asian Americans yeah. in positions of prominence or power. Yeah. Yang, and a lot of people loved Yang, so it's cool that Jin's just like, yeah, this is my guy, right? So It makes perfect sense to me, and it's cool. Like, yeah. He I, helped I Obama awesome. get elected. He was not as successful with Yang, but, you know, that's so it goes. Yeah, like, you know, you got, like, one of the first Asian candidates for president, so just yep. awesome. And the last thing is that his catchphrase is Aya, A-I-Y-A, a Chinese interjection r- roughly equivalent to, oh my gosh. And as he refers to his fans as the Aya Fam Bam or the Aya Mani. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Aya. I was thinking the bike thing is okay. I don't hate that. I think that like I, I watched this minute six or eight times. I didn't notice the bike. I wasn't looking for the bike, but I didn't notice the bike. I think okay. the bike might be hard. That's fair. I think Roman's... Look at all this potential out here. We could say, like, what does Roman see when he, what, like, what does Roman first comments on? Just like that kind of thing, like potential, promise, blah, 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 something like that. Because I didn't ever, I didn't write down a question because I don't have a great question for this. Make it more general about the things that Roman does say. Well, I'm going to change the name of the minute first to Aya because I think it's kind of cool. Oh, okay. I like that. It's not the MC Jin minute, but yes. Okay. So. How do you want to make it more general? Because I think like that's I like meant the... do do a reverse and be like, what does Roman not say when he arrives at the garage? You can say something about potential. You can say something about it's too humid to wear draws. Okay. You, you know what? Like you know, give yourself more outs and then pick one goofy one to be like he does not say this one. So now, do we want to say what does he not say or what does he not comment on? Because we could say like the heat. We could say the cars. Oh. We could say like the party atmosphere. Oh, that's kind of interesting, because it's like, he comments on the cars in the garage, right? Because like, Brian's like, this is Tej's, like, oh, this is cool. He's but like, he lift. doesn't actually comment on him. Roman never says anything. Oh, huh. that's right, then. Roman, hmm. the only lines Roman has in this minute are, it means you're always getting in trouble over female, which is the, the previous scene. It's so hot and humid, I can't even wear no drawers. Look at all this potential out here. So we could just have three answers. We could just say, the cars, the heat, or the women. 
Oh. And the answer is the cars. I think the heat is probably going to be the easy answer. People are going to think it's the heat, but it's actually the cars. That's true. Very good. Good tag team operation there. I like that one. That's good. Because you were even like, oh, yeah, of course he talks about the cars. I'm like, not, not, not. No, Brian Mm -hmm. is saying, like, look at the cars. Look at the lifts. They're only a couple months old, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brian's like, oh, I'm Buster became a gearhead, right? Like, Buster's like all excited about all this car stuff. And Roman's like, yeah, dude, there's women. Like, what are are we doing here? Yeah, look at at this girl's butt. Yeah. Oh, I also made a note. uh, Featured extras. You see a woman up close in an orange bikini, a blue bikini, and a green bikini. So, There's a very quick, but watching this minute 70 times, there's, like, almost a full, like, crotch shot in this minute. Is that the woman who's getting into the tube? Yeah, that's getting into the like floaty, like yeah. it, it, like the camera's nicely positioned to where you get like just a, a slight glimmer of it, but like that could be like a full ass shot, like the from behind, dead on, almost. Well, because like what she's doing there is something that no one can make seem graceful, right? Like no. getting in from the water into a floaty that, like, even in your best thing, it's just like, oh, like that still kind of looked awkward, and she doesn't do a bad job. It's just like she does okay. a pretty good job, but like. Basically wearing no clothing and yeah. also on camera, and it's just like, okay. Yeah, we went with that. I'm glad you guys kept that in the movie. <laughs> so from minute 41, I, uh, what does Roman not comment on when he and Brian arrive to Tej's garage? The answer is the cars, because he does comment on both the heat and the women. He does. That's Anything an awesome else of question. note in this minute you want to comment on? I couldn't find out what fucking type of sea-do it was because that's not in the movie card database or anywhere else. I searched for which which model of sea-do it was, and I couldn't find it. But I got failed the megaphone you. model, so I feel good about myself Internet today. failed you. I know. I'm sorry. All right, Joe, let's take a break, and let us bring in Garrett Smith to talk about the first crank film. episode number 216 crank this episode is brought to you by the crank brothers for all your mom biking needs go to crankbrothers.com currently having their santa sends it sale Ooh, well shout out well i mean this episode comes out after christmas so it might you know whatever but shout out to the crank brothers and welcome back to the show with us tonight we have fan favorite and someone who dubbed this series Christmas with the Cranks. Again, Christmas is over. Well, this episode will be up for patrons before Christmas. The other one, I don't know. This week is crazy. I booked and canceled six flights today. Not an exaggeration. Well it has been a wild day. But with us tonight, you know him, you love him. He's fan favorite. He couldn't have that name if he's not a fan favorite. Garrett Smith. Hello, Garrett. Hey, how are you? I'm happy to Welcome be back. back. Thank you. Uh, listen, Joey doesn't know this, but I've been, or Joe too doesn't know this, but I've been demanding to be uh, redubbed the main feed fan favorite, Garrett Smith, oh, now that I'm on okay. the main one, baby. But uh, he won't have it. Joe, Joey's having that. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, that's too many words. Uh, it's too many Too words. many words. Come on, listen to me say it, my beautiful uh, game show host voice. Uh, fan favorite, uh, main feed fan favorite, Garrett Smith. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, you even edited it yourself, man. That yeah, was you're bad. right. I did. I messed it up. Well, we're here to talk about Crank, and then we are going to come back on Friday to talk about Crank High Voltage. But 
Garrett and I had both seen these movies before. Yeah. Joe, this was new to you. Is that correct? Brand new. Yeah, never seen oh, them you before. Oh, you had never seen these? Them. No. I feel like these are these are Joe 2 movies in my mind. I was like... These... Yes. So, whenever... So, I say this to Joey a lot. Like, when we started this project, there was a lot of movies that people were like, have you ever seen Crank? And I'm like, no. And they're like, you should go watch it. And I'm like, well, we're eventually going to watch it on Too Fast. So, like, I if I it. missed it by now, I, I can't watch it until it's time to watch it. So, that's why I've been holding off. But yes, this is my first time experiencing them. Well, this is good. I, I'm I'm gonna appreciate getting someone's like fresh take on these movies in in 2021 because this was like my third time watching them. I think. Did and... you see them in theaters? Were they in theaters? <laughs> I do remember when they came out. Uh, I distinctly remember seeing the trailer, especially for the first one, in movie theaters. Okay, they were both in theaters. Okay. Yeah, and I I rem- I mean I think I was a teenager at the time what 2006 is that the first one yeah 06 and 09 yeah so i was like uh, 18 or 19 when the first one came out and i distinctly remember being like this looks dumb as shit i'm not yeah. gonna see this movie and then you know just a few years later uh getting very excited about dumb as shit movies and wanting to see yeah it. your tastes evolved and yeah, matured exactly. and got better yeah yeah so i did not see either of these in theaters i think that was part of it for me too gary i think that I like I had a lot of friends that really enjoyed these as actual action movies and I had no respect for their taste. <laughs> and that deterred me from watching them at the time. Like I remember like some people being like those are fucking awesome and me being like I don't trust you at all. Yeah. Like, not watching it the way that I'm sure that you and I enjoy it now. Yeah, and we can talk about that too, but I, I do think there's like an undercurrent of isn't this fucking awesome that that type of person will watch a movie like this and go like, yeah, this fucking rules, not realizing yes. that I think it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek, you know? Yes, yeah, exactly. Well, so, so the interesting thing is going to be that we have all watched both movies and we're only talking about the first yes. one here. Yeah. Because I think that you're right with the first one is like, uh, hey, look at this crazy shit, but like we're smart about it. And then the yeah. second one, just like, what if we weren't smart about it anymore? <laughs> yeah. What if we just exactly. did dumb shit? Yeah. So I even double checked because these are both, I wanted to see if, if they were made by different people. I knew that Neville Dean and Taylor directed both, but they also yeah. wrote both. So it's not like they're just like, hey, guy who like doesn't know these this character, this world or whatever, write a fan script or whatever. No, these <laughs> right. are Neville Dean and Taylor, Neville Dean and Taylor joints through and through so joe if you don't know them they did gamer which is great okay which i thought was dumb but like again it's just like this like i'm like oh that looks dumb but it's like it's is it russell crowe in a video game have you seen that character? i have seen that and uh i understand why you're making that mistake but no it is uh the living b-movie legend gerard butler that's oh yes 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 very similar okay there Mm -hmm. you go yeah, British as opposed to Australian or whatever, right? Uh, yes, I don't know. That might not be right. I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel like in the context of that movie, it doesn't really like no. matter. <laughs> I like that movie. I don't love that movie. I've, I feel like, I mean, we're going to talk about this for sure. Neville Dean and Taylor go way up their own asses with like their stylistic stuff. The deeper yep. you get into their career. And Gamer is like a nearly indecipherable movie, in in my opinion. It is fun and interesting, and, and I think has gotten more interesting, actually, with time. But it is an almost incomprehensible movie, in my opinion. Yeah, so it was one where I'm like, this looks dumb. And I was like, wait a minute, I didn't know that they did it. And then I watched it for the first time a couple of years ago. And I was like, okay, I really like that. And they also did Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, the second Nicolas Cage Ghost okay. Rider movie. Yeah, which 
that's where he so like first... pees fire and stuff. It's like yes, very yes, much yes. an Neville Dean and Taylor movie. <laughs> he drinks alcohol and then in like sort of the nether realm, he's got his flaming skull and he pisses fire. Yeah, yeah. it's great. So what's what's weird about those movies, we talked about them obviously on Cage Club, is that the first one is like kind of a straightforward mid-2000s Marvel adaptation yeah. where it's like – this is fine. Like, nobody is not wowing anybody, but like, it's cool. Like, you know, Nicolas Cage has a big martini glass full of jelly beans that he kind of drinks, kind of eats, whatever the right verb is. Yeah. Then they get brought in for the second one. And in the first, like, 90 seconds, they're like, fuck everything you know about the first movie. That's all horse shit. This is the new backstory. And then it's like balls to the wall. It's basically like this, but Ghost Rider. Yeah. With Idris Elba. Okay, this is interesting. This is cool. I don't know if it's good. Like, I think the first one is probably, quote unquote, better. But the second one is more fun and, like, just... Memorable. Because it, it's them. Yeah. 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 Yep. And and I think that movie, you know, probably has more studio involvement. And so it's also not as hyped up on their kind of, like, hyperkinetic style. Uh, like, that movie is a little more of, like, a, quote, unquote, like, normal-looking movie, you know? I have a question. Do they, do they actually just smoke meth to make these movies? Because it feels like that. Oh, I mean, so, like, one of the crazy things that I remember about the Crank movies is seeing some behind-the-scenes footage. And I don't know where I would have seen this. But where, like, when they're... When you're watching like a car chase in these movies, often both of them are on rollerblades, passing a camera <laughs> back and forth to okay. each other as they rollerblade alongside the speeding cars. Like they actually are like adrenaline junkies, basically. And they, okay. they like they incorporate that kind of stuff into their filmmaking. And it's half of why their movies look like they do. Because they're made by two guys that are actually fucking running around, like in the middle it, of an action like scene it. with a camera in their hand. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't convey this energy. Like, you know, these are those things that like sometimes we see a lot of movies where we're like, oh, they were trying to do this, and you can see that they're no. This definitely feels like you just did a bunch of blow, and then you're thrown into a movie. Yeah, and that's hard to convey. The other cool thing about that, it's, it's not as fun as that, but what in terms of filmmaking, what's cool about it is that apparently for a lot of these movies, they're both filming at the same time. Mm -hmm. So one of them is doing a wide shot and one is doing a close-up. <laughs> okay. So instead of having like coverage or trying to like reshoot or things or whatever, they're just both filming everything. And so like whatever they get, they're able to use, which is like crazy, but also kind of cool. Yeah. Apparently they shot, what was the number? I know this is, this is the second movie. But they shot 300 hours in 30 days of filming, Jesus which Christ. is, I, I know it's kind of hard to put that in terms for people who like don't necessarily think about movies, but like that means they're shooting on average 10 hours of footage a day. Okay. Yeah. Without like cut, cost, like 10 hours of just yes. film. Joey, do you know if they were shot on film or digitally? Like this is the era where it could have been either really. And I assume with that kind of uh, amount of footage, they were shooting digitally maybe well i think the second one for sure would be digital because yeah. it kind of looks like shit and we'll yeah. talk about that yeah. like the first one i don't know and that was the staff for the second one so i don't know okay. how much whatever but i would imagine the second one's on digital because they also went to like comic-con or whatever they're like we shot this movie in hd and just it's funny to think about like how <laughs> times have changed or like that sell it was a selling point like guys we shot this movie in high definition it's like okay yeah cool cool yeah, cool. yeah. 
that's wild. So they also now, much like a lot of creative, like we're, we're recording this on the night that the Matrix Resurrections is now out in theaters and on HBO Max. The Wachowskis have split up. They're making that, you know, only one of them made that movie. Only one Coen brother is making the new Macbeth movie. Like these parting of ways of these like teams that have made multiple movies together. Neville Dean and Taylor have now since, I guess, split up or maybe they're just doing it. I don't think they have like animosity, but Brian Taylor did Mom and Dad, another Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, which I dig that movie. I like that movie a lot. That is good. And when I, I saw that at Fantastic Fest, and when I was there, there was a Q&A, and he was there with the kid, the son in that movie. Oh, sure. It, it was like midnight, and the kid was still awake, and just like, they're like, what's it like working with Nicolas Cage? And he's like, he's crazy. So like, everybody <laughs> loved that, right? Yeah. The question I had for him, I was like, can you, or it wasn't even a question, I'm, like, I'm sorry, it's not a question, but can you just please promise us that you will never stop making movies with Nicolas Cage? He's like, you got it. And like, just everybody went crazy, because like, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, and Mom and Dad maybe aren't great, but they're just fun and insane because they're these movies with Nicolas Cage, right? Yeah, and uh, I actually, I think that they uh, seem to know how to utilize him in the sort of like the 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 meme of Nicolas Cage, like, well, you know what I mean? Yes. They know how to Although take that part Although the mom of- and dad, the, the hokey pokey scene, I'm just like, mm. Dude, no, I really fucking like that scene, actually. <laughs> I, I Like, when you see that in the trailer... They're they're selling you, they're marketing to you, it's another crazy cage movie. And then when you see it in the context of the movie, that's like him having like a middle-aged breakdown. I don't know. There's like there's actually something very interesting about that scene, I think. Yeah, there's a scene just really quickly, Joe, where he is, you know, it's it's about the sort of it's it's a crazy movie kind of like this where like people are turning into sort of zo- like fast zombies and like he's losing okay. his mind, but he's also he's singing the hokey pokey while he destroys a pool table with a sledgehammer. Okay. And like up to that point in the movie, like the only thing in the world that this like 45-year-old father of two seemed to care about was his pool table. Like I want to get this built <laughs> and then he has a, you know, he his brain snaps and he just goes nuts, right? So, well, but that's like okay, that's the fucking that's actually what's great about that scene is you see it in the trailer and you know the premise of the movie is this guy loses his mind. So you go like, oh, okay, they got this great scene where we watch him lose his mind in a very Nick Cage fashion. But then when you get to that scene in the context of the movie, that's a flashback to before yeah. the crazy stuff happens. That's just him <laughs> having a meltdown as a middle aged man. And I just thought that was like kind of brilliant in a weird way. I know that's like half a marketing thing that I'm talking about being brilliant, but I I did really enjoy that about it. The other point I want to make about Neville Dean and Taylor, which I did not know, is that Mark Neville Dean is making a new movie next year, I think, called Panama, which I didn't I never heard of, but is notable for this podcast because it stars Mr. Cole Hauser, aka Carter Verone. No way. Top build, top build in a new Neville Dean movie. So Hey, and we gotta talk about him in relation to Crank, by the way. Please remind me to talk about Verone. Cole Hauser and Crank? Chef Chelios is kind of in the uh, Fast and Furious universe, and Verone, Verone is the villain in this movie versus Verona, the villain oh, of Too Verona. Fast. Too, yes, uh, yes, right. It's Verona and then Verone versus Verona. Yeah. I know. I couldn't stop thinking about how, like, at a certain point at the end of what is it, Furious Six, when he first appears, you're like, wait, is Chef Chelios literally about to walk into the Fast and Furious universe? Because <laughs> you yeah. just see that image of him like getting out of a car after killing a guy, and uh, I don't know, Verone, Verona. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yes, no, you're you're absolutely right. So yes, yeah, so let's talk about Crank. So Joe, what did you think of the first Crank film? It felt erratic. Yep. And I was like, well, I don't know if I like or can follow this because sometimes these movies break my brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the consistency of it being so erratic, as opposed to just being parts of it feeling like that, was eventually comforting in the sense that like i was like look 
all of this shit is happening. It's all crazy. It doesn't really matter, right? Like, I'm not, like, getting or missing anything in this... Because it's just happening so fast. And, like, in this weird pace that, like... And, like, the camera's jitter... Like, sometimes you feel... Like, what is it? Like, sometimes it's first person. Sometimes you're, like, right beside them. The camera just moves in weird ways. The angles are weird. Because I guess they're both on rollerblades. <laughs> and, um, and it's just, like... It just feels so strange. I was like, okay. Like, eventually I bought in and I was like... And they lean into it, too. Like, they're yeah. like, look, this oh, yeah. is what you're getting. And so, like, they, it's never, like, pumps the brakes and it's like, well, wait. But, like, in reality, this is what... No, it's always just, like, it's just chaos. I came around and I was like, yeah, I fucking love this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that phrase that you use, lean into it, is basically the thing to describe the entirety of all of this. That they are leaning into everything for better or worse. Yes. Right? They're just yeah. like, this is what we're doing. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But that's what we're, this is the movie we're making. So yeah, deal with it. If you don't like what they're doing, just give it two minutes and they're going to be on something completely different anyways. <laughs> so so it doesn't matter. I always forget that there's that car chase through the mall in this yeah. uh, movie, which is a yeah. ton of fun and really well done and looks really cool. And I forget that it's in this movie every time because it's just like one of a hundred crazy things that happens. Yeah, and then he drives it up an escalator, gets yep. out, walks off the top of it when it's CGI'd and just jumps down. Yeah, I actually, so like revisiting this, like in my memory, this is, I mean, there's only two of them, but this is the lesser of the Crank movies. I agree, yeah. Um, but revisiting them, I liked this one much more than I liked the sequel, which I know we'll talk about that next episode. But the thing that I sort of thought in my brain was like, well, that first one is like so sloppy and messy. It doesn't quite like get there. It doesn't like gel together or whatever. And rewatching them, I actually think this one's a really, really well-made movie because it has that like kinetic chaos that they're mm -hmm. kind of known for. But rewatching it, it feels like storyboarded. It feels like I'm watching a moving comic book more than I'm watching like Paul yeah. Greengrass, if the distinction I'm making is clear there. I, I don't know how to describe it, but there, I was never lost in the chaos of this movie also where yeah. the sequel, I get lost in some of the chaos of that. <laughs> the, the, this like yeah. actually feels, even though it's crazy looking and chaotic, it actually feels like it makes sense. Like they really it's worked linear. hard. Yeah. Like they worked very hard to, even though we are going to split the screen three different ways for six consecutive scenes, like we storyboarded what's going to be in each of those frames so that like it all lines up and makes it. I don't know. It, it worked for me a lot this time. In my head, the first one was better, but the second one was more fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the first one is better. I'm not sure which is more fun. Like I don't have an answer for that. Uh -huh. I don't know if we necessarily need one. I think the second one just does more things. I think there might be more things I like and more things I hate in the second one. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But the first one, I think, is like, it's kind of like the proof of concept. It's like, what if speed but a guy's body? Right? That's exactly what Rachel described it as. She was like, this seems like it's speed but a person. And I was yes. like, yep, that's exactly what this is. So if you have not seen Crank, and unfortunately, like, it feels like this should be streaming on every platform with ads. Like, yeah. why would you? like? But it's only on the Roku. The first one is only on the Roku channel with ads for free. Either you can you have to pay to rent it anywhere else, and you have to pay to rent the second one anywhere. So it's not as accessible as it feels like this kind of movie should be, but also, you know, rights, who knows what. But the premise is that we, we learn throughout the movie, Jason Statham is a professional hitman who was hired to kill this guy. He chooses not to kill the guy, and then someone in his gang decides to use that opportunity to 
make his move up the ranks. This all sounds like it's way more formal than the movie actually is. Yeah, uh, he's going. He's going to make you know use that as opportunity. To, you know, take Jason Statham's place in the gang or whatever. And so he injects him with what they call the Chinese shit, yep. which means that from the time that he gets injected, he has only sixty minutes to live. Right, his heart's going to stop in sixty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Unless he gets like a certain uh, chemical uh, that he injects into his heart. epinephrine yeah. or if f. Ephraine or yeah, epinephrine. There's another one that they takes at the end, which is ephedrine. Yes. Yeah. Basically, adrenaline is what they're saying. Yes. Like if he keeps adrenaline pumping through his veins, then he gets more than sixty. He can minutes. counteract it. Yeah. He can counteract yeah. the receptor. Yeah. And so he has to. He spends the entire movie trying to get vengeance, but also just literally trying to stay alive. And so it's just you know like a high speed adrenaline chase of ways to stay alive. And so he's shocking himself. He's doing crazy things. He's taking nasal sprays, doing everything he can just to like stay alive and get vengeance and figure out who's, who, you know, who tried to kill him and see if he can kill him back. And like, that's the premise of crank all the while Jason Statham doing absolutely batshit insane things, usually while wearing a hospital gown with no underwear. Yeah. He, yeah. he gives a great physical performance in this movie. And it's like, to me, this is like one of the kind of quintessential Statham performances actually. Cause like Chev feels like, one of his most distinctive characters and it like takes full advantage of the kind of physical actor that he is. He's mm-hmm. willing to like learn the choreography and do this kind of stuff in camera for like these long, even though it's like such a crazy movie where the camera's constantly cutting, you can tell that it's actually these like longer takes that they were doing of these like crazy sequences, you know? And he did all of his own stunts. Yeah. Okay. So he was in it. Like he wanted to do this. And it's kind of hard to act like you're, completely yacked out all the time yeah it, it's like it doesn't play well a lot of the time on screen and like he's selling that he is completely tweaked this entire movie and you gotta show up and fucking do that all the time right it's like it's for, tiring yeah, yeah for us it's like a 90 minute movie but for him it's probably like a you know a 30 day shoot where he's gotta like get himself to that place every time the camera's rolling <laughs> it's you know? insane yeah yeah like you're saying, you know, I watched in theaters last night the new West Side Story, and I'm thinking, like, acting is hard enough, but then to add in singing and dancing. It's the same thing here. It's like acting is hard enough, but then to do your own stunts yeah. and to seem like you're out of your mind, you got, like, mere minutes to live. Like, it's just like, how do you keep all this in mind and make it believable? I mean, it's not it, – like, they're not trying to win Oscars for this movie, but no. you still want to, you know, make a good performance and, like, have people, like, be invested and, like, not get taken out by, like, I thought he was supposed to be crazy. Why is he, like, pretty calm in the scene or whatever, right? So, like, there's a lot that has to happen, and – He's doing a good job selling it. It's also, I mean, this is probably the closest we'll ever get to a GTA like movie adaptation. Yeah. That's like hundred percent. And I, they're, I think they are almost literally doing that. They want us to think about video games. They like do the credits in like a video game style. The maps, the maps to their houses is when I was like, this is GTA on PlayStation one. Yep. Like when you were overhead, you know, the car, like before we had 3d GTA, this is exactly what they're, like trying to show us there were apparently also like lots of gta references peppered throughout that like i'm familiar with but i've only really played four so like i don't know but like there's a lot of like i think character names or place names or just like things or outfits or whatever so yeah that seems right because yeah i mean it it really feels like it is almost literally that it's like what if you were to adapt it into a movie what would you have to do you'd have to find a reason for someone to just roam around a city doing like crazy shit to people they walk by because that's how people play gta yeah. you know what yeah. i mean and that's what they did i it's like it's really weird to think about it that way but i had a lot of fun watching it like thinking about it in that context one of the things on that specific note that i like is that he's constantly stealing cars and then just like leaving them yes like you never see that in a movie it's like 
yeah, granted, like, you know, somebody will steal a car and they'll, like, pull up somewhere and then, like, the movie will continue on. But, like, no, he, like, steals, like, a cop's motorcycle and just, like, smashes it into a pole yep. and then, like, leaves it on the sidewalk and, like... Which is exactly how you do it in GTA. He's exactly. Like, I don't need this anymore. Yeah, he does it with guns, too. He When a gun runs out, you he literally drops it, picks one off a dead body, and then <laughs> and at one point... Is it in this one? Well, now I get him confused when I'm talking about these kind of little details, but, like, at one point he picks a gun off a dead body and compares it to the one already in his hand and decides which one is the better gun to continue using. Yeah, man. That is straight up video game shit. It's like, this is one of the better video game adaptations and it's technically not one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I will say that we're we're giving Stephen credit and he deserves the credit, but this was written originally in 2003. I don't know if either of you know this. I I don't know, Garrett, if you read this, but anybody want to guess who this was written to star? Oh, God. Mm. I don't know. What, I'm going to say it was Tom Cruise just because. I don't know. who. Garrett, any guesses? No, I don't actually. I don't know in 2003 who you would get to do this other than Jason Statham. So I, I don't know when Statham really became. Like I've seen Statham movies, I think maybe from the night. I mean, Statham is also in Snatch, right? So that's 02. So he's like yeah. in the Guy Ritchie world. Yeah, and the Transporter, I think, is probably around this time as well. So spoilers related in the lab. We will be doing those. I don't know anything about those. I have not seen those. Um I like those movies. Uh, the first one is good. The sequels are worth watching. Okay, cool. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Suppose after the fact on How Did This Get Made, Brian Taylor was on. He said that yes. they wanted to get Nicolas Cage. He couldn't. But oh, that, okay. That's, okay. Not who, that's not who it was written for, though. Right. And I think that's also kind of after the fact, because like, Cage wasn't Crazy Cage in 03. No, like, that yeah. was a different thing. Yeah, because he's coming off like Gone in 60 Seconds at that point, right? Yeah, so 03, he's, he's like Matchstick Man. He's yeah. Adaptation. Mm-hmm. He's still doing like some of his better movies. It's only when he hits the VOD era in like 07 where it's just like, oh, his, this guy will do anything. Mm-hmm. They said that they – this is according to IMDb. Who knows if this is true or not? But they said that they wrote it with Johnny Knoxville in mind. I mean that makes sense to me actually. Kind that of totally makes sense. makes sense to me. And Johnny Knoxville looks like the character in like GTA 3. Yeah. Oh, yes. interesting. Yeah, I remember that. Have you guys seen or have you even heard of this movie Skip Trace? No. That stars Johnny Knoxville and Jackie Chan. Oh, wow. And the reason I bring it up in this context is it basically is u- utilizing uh, Johnny Knoxville in the same way that, it, you know, Crank would have, which is like, OK, so what if we got Jackie Chan, like the world's greatest prop uh, action star and Johnny Knoxville, the world's greatest human prop and put yes. them in a movie together? And it's just Jackie Chan turning Johnny Knoxville like into a weapon with which to yield wield basically uh, it's not a great movie actually I, I wish it were better because that premise is actually pretty fucking great yeah it's a great premise you know jackie chan is like much older you know this movie's only a couple years old he's like an old man and can't yeah, do oh, a lot of 2016 how yeah. have i never even heard of this dude this is uh rennie harlan made this movie i believe uh oh yeah yes he did joe that'll to put you in context for that one that he did a long kiss good night also okay. deep blue sea and die hard Two. makes yeah. sense okay Anyway, not a great movie, but kind of worth watching. Uh, Jackie Chan sings Adele's Rolling in the Deep in that movie. Worth watching just for that scene. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I do love that idea of like, hey, Johnny Knoxville is known for do- putting himself through these physical stunts. Put him in movies that utilize that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. do, do a crank with him. Do a do a classic Jackie Chan movie with him where he can you can have him be the guy that actually gets hit by shit, you know? It feels like people should be making more of these kind of movies. I know that they're hard to make, and I'm not. I'm not trying to like undersell anything or like be like, everybody should make these movies. But it feels like there are not enough like kind of crazy movies. Like I feel like uh, Lee Wanell's Upgrade is kind of close. Like yeah. in this ballpark, Upgrade, maybe. Yeah, totally. Upgrade's Henry, cool. I felt like oh, Hardcore sure. Henry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't know. Like if you did it today, it might be like 
Frank Grillo, maybe? Right? Like, you need somebody who's kind of, like, not a superstar. Yeah, but, well, or, um, I mean, maybe Scott Adkins could uh, do something like this, right? They're basically interchangeable at this point anyway. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, hey, you need a straight to Netflix action movie that's kind of cool? Get one of those two. (laughs) Yep. I really did enjoy Crank again rewatching it. The thing that's weird about both of these movies, and we'll talk way more about with the sequel, is just, like, the sense of humor of these movies is to, like basically intentionally be in poor taste in this movie. I was able to enjoy it despite thinking there were a few jokes that really had not aged. Well, I mean, a lot of it has not aged well, but some of it I was able to just kind of be like, yeah, but this is still kind of funny in the context of this movie. Like that whole sequence in the bathroom stall in that bar that he goes to in the beginning of this movie where it's him versus that black gang. Yes. Yes. Is kind of fun. Like it still kind of works for me. There's something really funny about that scene despite the fact that it is very much in poor taste. You know what I mean? It's like, it is constantly pushing the boundaries of poor taste. The second movie maybe goes overboard with this and we can talk about it when we get to it. But I I was kind of impressed with how this, I guess I felt like walked a line with that. Like there's things where he invokes Al Qaeda old ladies to attack a brown cabbie, which like was never in good taste, but is, is so offensive and so over the top that like they know it's a joke. Yes. It feels like the joke of that could be, on me, the audience member that would react like the old lady, like it's old ladies that react to it and start beating the the guy yes. up. Right. Like it does feel like the joke is on the people that would react that way. Not the guy that's making you, the joke. Yeah. 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 Whereas for the second one, I, somebody I follow on Letterboxd, the entirety of his review said, finally, a movie for people who think truck nuts are funny. Yeah. Right. Like it's yeah. like it kind of, <laughs> it goes overboard in that regard. Yes. But I, I did feel like this movie sort of walked that line mostly successfully. Uh, and so I was able to still like pretty much enjoy it because I think the photography in this is really great, especially like the finale when they get to that, yeah. like, um, I don't know, that like balcony estate like or, whatever fight or whatever. Yeah, right? there's yeah. a lot of beautiful photography in that where you can tell they're actually up on a rooftop with that wonderful skyline behind them. And they're really shooting that stuff They're uh, You know, the second movie has none of that. The second movie right. looks like it's. I don't know, shot in like a warehouse. This movie (laughs) is like actually out on the streets and has like a lot of really wonderful locations, you know? Because like the the first movie even like, they're obviously like fudging it a little bit and there's like wires they probably see jet out, but like there's the helicopter fight at the very end where it's like, yeah, some of it is just like, oh no, like they're actually up there. Some of it is like clearly like just like creative angles where just like, yeah, he's on the helicopter, but it's like eight feet above the ground or whatever. But like others like, oh no, he's actually like in the sky. Yep. So they have money. I wonder, I actually looked up, See if the budgets are on box office mojo. I was curious about that actually because I was movie budget of twelve million. Oh god, that's nothing. And, and you gotta imagine, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just pulling a number out of the air, but like three million of that is just the helicopter sequence. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's yeah, got to be yeah. expensive. Apparently, crank high voltage budget twenty million, which yeah. feels like that went. Like, I understand that sequels are going to be more more money, but like, where'd that go? They got to <laughs> build. They had to build that big foam, uh, fucking Jason Statham. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. which we will talk about. So a couple <laughs> other people I want to point out in this movie. So his girlfriend is played by Amy Smart, who is great in this movie. Oh. I mean, she's she is a, she's in a thankless role here in both movies, but she is really good in this. We got Dwight Yoakam as his doctor. Dwight Yoakam is the MVP of both of these movies. He's so funny in these movies. I, I love that he's just casually hanging out in these like totally hyper charged up movies. His energy is is so great in these. He's also like patient in a way that no doctor should be patient. I'm, <laughs> yes. I don't mean that like as like a as a pun on like doctor patients, right, but like right. he's just truly 
all right, Chev, let's get through this. All right, I'm going to help you. Like, I'm cutting my vacation short, but I'm going to help you. But he's a seedy doctor, right? So, oh, like, yeah. It, it feels, yeah, but he does feel like he's his only friend in the world kind of situation, right? right. And, uh, you know, Amy's smart to your point about her having a thankless role here. She, one of the things that I think she's doing really successfully is, like, there is some shit in both of these movies that should be very uncomfortable to watch, but she is doing a good job of, having so much fun within her character yes. mm-hmm. that it makes those things not uncomfortable. It makes those things entertaining. Uh, and I think that's actually a, probably a very difficult thing to, to pull off to like walk that line as well as an actress. That first, like we are going to have sex in the middle of, of Chinatown scene yeah. starts out so uncomfortably rapey. Yep. But, and I was like, Oh God, what is the, and then like, but you're right. It's her selling it. She and sells fun that with that the character. Yes, she sells that that is a fun, funny thing that's happening. You know what I mean? And and yes, if it weren't for her performance, that would be impossible to watch. You know, yes, that wouldn't exactly. hold up at all. So I will share some good news from that scene that they interviewed the woman who is the body double actress because Amy Smart did not get naked for these movies, but you see her boobs in both yes. movies because yeah. like it just. She's an actual, I mean, she's got, I think she's got naked other things, whatever. We don't need to get into the weeds of like nudity in Hollywood, but there's the body double actress of this woman, Laura Grady. Quote, my most fun moment, I guess from any movie, was on Crank. Jason Statham made me feel so comfortable. He said something so charming like, don't worry about it, I got you, love. He didn't make me feel stupid or naked, and I had to be completely topless, and it was this crazy scene outside with all these background actors. But I was like, this is not a bad day. I'm taking my clothes off for Jason Statham. I'll be okay today. (laughs) And then I guess they liked working with her so much, or she looked, I don't know, who knows what, but like they tried to get her back for the second movie, because again, Amy Smart gets naked in the second movie, but she was pregnant. They're like, we can't have a pregnant body body double because like <laughs> what are we doing here yeah that's but true. this so apparently you know it's it's a rapey scene in the context of the movie that ultimately turns out okay whatever but apparently the behind the scenes filming of it was a delight for everyone involved so <laughs> cool yeah you always, cool. you always like to hear that uh the actors didn't feel uncomfortable in those moments because i i am to understand that uh that is often not a great situation to be in as an actor but yeah i think she's great in these she's like really wonderful and she was like having a moment in like the early 2000s. She was in everything for like five or six years uh, around this time. I don't know if you guys remember that. I, I don't. Like I, like, I remember her face so vividly. Yeah. There was a lot of people in these movies that I was like, holy shit, is it this person? And I'm like, yeah, it is. Uh, she was in Rat Race. She's in the oh. movie that Brian is putting out Friday as we record this. I think maybe the most recent or one of the most recent episodes of High School Summer Party, uh, Just Friends yep. with Ryan Reynolds. She's in that. Road Trip, Starsky and Hutch. Oh, yeah. The Battle of Shaker Heights with Shia LaBeouf, the Project oh, yeah. Greenlight movie, which nobody knows, but I mean, people know, but you know. Yeah, she had like, you know, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate that actresses only ever get to pop for the three years that everyone thinks they're pretty, but, uh, you yeah. know, she did. She packed those couple of years with a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, Butterfly Effect. She was in a bunch of stuff. I also want to point out Glenn Howerton, Dennis oh, yeah. from Always Sunny, in here as yeah, a doctor why? in a great scene. <laughs> awesome, but like, he just shows up and I'm just like, well, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. And then, Joe, I don't know if you recognize him, because I yep, don't know how ahead. big of a role yep, he yep. is, but the Haitian cabbie. Oh, no, I don't know that one. Who was the Haitian cabbie? So he's played by Eddie Gathegi. I don't, I'm probably butchering that name. I'm so sorry. He's from the first two Twilight movies as Laurent de Ravine. So I don't know if he's a, vamp- he's a vampire he's or something or other. Laurent? Laurent. 
Maybe Laurent. I don't know. I copied and said Lauren, but maybe Laurent. Oh, yes. I did not know that that's Laurent from the... Okay. Because there's not a lot of black people in Twilight, right? No, there's one, and um, Stephanie Meyer tried to get rid of him so hard. (laughs) So that's him. Yeah, yeah. She was like, God damn it, I wanted this to be John Stamos so bad. That's like what I remember about. Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, speaking of John Stamos, I tried to get a picture. I'm not sure which image I'm going to use for the second movie, but I tried to get an image of Amy Smart's mug shot from the second movie. We'll talk about that. But I Google crank high voltage amy smart mugshot and the second image on google images was about a woman who looks like amy smart who tried to extort john stemos and i was like what so like on amy smart's not on like it's not tied to her but like if you google her name and high voltage and mugshot like this woman who like looks like her just like you know an attractive blonde woman who tried to extort john stemos i'm like i don't like this is a weird fact i don't think i can bring it up because like how could i bring it up but then you brought up john stemos so no 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 there you go perfectly so thank you (laughs) you're welcome but you were excited who did you recognize in this movie oh i know exactly i know oh oh yes well yes 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 and dynamite is like the whole oh there's somebody different too. Yeah, wait. Also in this movie. Yeah. Do you got you guys are? I think the person I know we're who all you're talking dance- about, but I was getting there last. We're all dancing around Chester Bennington, right? No. Well, no. There's a couple. There's a couple like punk. Wait, like, Chester. Pop, Chester pop was in the first movie. He's, he's in both of these movies. Yeah. He's a. Is he's, he the guy that tells him about the nasal spray? Is that him? Yes. Yeah. Oh fuck! I knew I recognized him from somewhere. Yeah. Now that makes so much more sense. Yeah, and I believe yeah. he's at the horse track. In yes, the, he is. In the sequel. Yeah. But he has to rub him. And yeah, stuff. There, dude. Yeah. As soon as he popped up on screen, my partner like perked up and was like, "Is that Lincoln Park?" I yes. Was like, I was like, that's... "Yeah, I, th- I think it is. He must be friends with these directors." Oh fuck! That's so. And, awesome. and that's I assume that's how Glenn Howerton is in this movie. I don't think they're like super fans of Glenn Howerton. Like I assume they're friends. You know what I mean? Probably. Because, I mean, like, Sonny was on by this point, but, like, for uh, a, a two or two years, maybe. So it's not like he's, right, like... super early. It's, like, an indie thing. Yeah. So maybe they just like the show. Who knows? I don't know. Whatever. The important thing... So, Pedro, I... I and Napoleon Diamond is one of the very few movies that I could not finish. I'm just That's like, okay. this is not... But I'm saying... But just seeing him not be Pedro when sure. Napoleon Dynamite was, like... Like, I, I honestly have never seen that person in another movie. But we have been burying the lead here in terms Go of this ahead. podcast. Because we have Hector playing not a guy named hector playing warehouse rooftop hood so oh i uh, thought plays... his name was gonna be hector god damn no it. no no because noel guglami who plays the character of hector in like every movie he's yes. in doesn't even have a name in this but he's in it a couple times i saw him in the background with the sunglasses at the beginning i was like that's fucking hector and i yeah. thought that we were just gonna get him there but no we get him on the rooftop too oh this fucking guy all right it was, I was yeah, like he's hector in the first movie yeah. and in six six also in that scene, though, because I'm like, who is this guy? Francis Capra plays the leader of that warehouse gang. He's Weevil in Veronica Mars. So he's like the, okay. this like head biker that Veronica Mars, that Kristen Bell deals with in Veronica Mars, the TV show. But I'm like, why do I know this guy? Oh, it's Weevil. Okay, got it. Cool. Interesting. The cast is not like stacked, but it's stacked with like, oh, that guy. And it's and it's all and the movie's moving so fast and there's yes. so many characters that like you keep have that you keep having that happen in my brain at least that yeah. like I keep passing someone going like why the fuck do I recognize them why the fuck do I recognize them and it's like but like they're gone that's it they're they're dead or they he runs away from them or whatever like yes. There was also, I don't know if either of you thought this too, because again, my hair blindness, my I, I'm not good at faces or whatever, but there's the guy in the car toward the end playing video games. And I was like, holy shit, it's Andy Samberg. And then like he turned his head. I'm like, oh, that's not Andy Samberg. <laughs> but like for from like a couple angles, I'm like, oh, that's Andy Samberg. I'm like, maybe, maybe, why not? But it's not him. 
I would have enjoyed that if it was. Joe, do you have a favorite moment or a favorite stunt or a favorite way that he regenerates, revitalizes himself in this movie? So I actually really do like the Chester Bennington part because the whole time when the doctor's telling him, go get a Fedrin, I was thinking that like a Fedrin was and probably still is just medicine that they would give to like people with asthma. So okay. like he like when he goes to the pharmacy and he's like asking like the like or for like injections of ephedrine, I'm like just go buy what it was like bronchate or whatever like that is what it is like he could just find it on the shelf at that point. So like I thought that was a really cool thing and then him just like crushing nasal spray <laughs> as one squeeze like he just. Yep bottles it i i really in really double did both it. nostrils at one time yeah yeah and he just like both nostrils whole bottle and then just drops them as he goes i found that really really enjoyable for me but um there's a lot of great ones that was just like one that resonated and stuck with me really hard garrett do you have a favorite i don't know i'm trying to remember i for some reason my brain always goes to the second movie when i'm thinking about like all the little well, the second one just like has this. it has the crazier iterations of this right? yeah yeah because like this one has like the things like the static electricity and stuff which i think is like pretty funny he's just like like rubbing up or is that the second one too That's isn't the second it one. the second yeah. one does he does get shocked in the first one he does take the paddles Oh and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Has uh, the guy from Always Sunny just like give him a full? Sends him into the elevator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing that I wrote down is just like a line from this movie that really made me laugh. He tells somebody, he says, "Don't pop a blood vessel, you little penis." Yes, uh, yes, I did hear that. Which, yep, like, yep. in his accent, is such a funny series of words. The disses, like back to what you were saying about like the jokes and the disses, they they feel uncomfortable because of like time and age and stuff like that. But at the same time, they also feel very appropriate for this specific movie. Like how he's just like constantly like whatever dick and like like there's like all kinds of like di- like oh you you weren't tight since your brother fucked you in the third grade or so. like you know oh, like, all yeah. this like terrible shit and you're just like yeah but that kind of feels like what Jason Statham would be, be was be saying here well, th- you know? that's what's hard it's like it's hard to figure out what's dated because this is from 2006 and what's dated because this is just like this kind of comedy right like yeah. some yeah. of it's gonna age poorly just because time some of it might not age well because just like whatever but then some of it's just like oh like they knew what they were doing there yeah yeah yeah. it's 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 a weird murky ground here and i do agree with joe that in in this one in particular some of that like boundary pushing stuff feels natural to the characters that are saying it and so i'm i'm a little less bothered by it because it's like well I don't think the writers want me to think that this is what they think, that this is just like what this character is saying to somebody where in the second one, it's like characters go out of their way to do and say things. And I'm like, all right, what are we doing? Like, yeah, there feels like there's an agenda at this point. One of my favorite, it again, it would never make the second one because it's just not audacious enough. But one of my favorite ways to get him like going in the first movie is he just grills his hand in a waffle iron. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's just like it's it's very low stakes compared to where we wind up. It's just like, yeah, okay, I can see like that can give you like a charge for like, I don't know, a minute maybe. I like that whole part where he has to be calm to get her out of the apartment, but also cannot be calm. <laughs> the idea that setting the clock on your microwave is death resonated so deep with me. <laughs> like you're just like, yeah, that's probably like the most boring thing in the entire universe. Is like trying <laughs> oh, yeah, to figure Garrett, out how to set the clock. I don't know if you know this, but Joe and Rachel for a while <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
whenever I go over their house, so they have like, you know, a couple clocks that, you know, most clocks now are just internet updated. Everything's connected to the internet. Everything just automatically updates. But like microwaves or stoves or whatever, there's just clocks that are just, you manually have to change that. Yep. And they would just not change them for daylight savings. They would just remember like, oh no, we're an hour off because <laughs> like, we don't want to spend the 15 seconds it takes to like go through i i used to be this person when i was a teenager i would never reset my car's clock i would just go yeah Yeah. that's just an hour later yeah but this is joe and rachel like a couple years before they get married like having lived together for a couple like it's just like this is just no we're you know whatever (laughs) um the fact that you know equating setting the microwave clock to is death is like yeah no i joe knows where they're coming (laughs) from like it might not be that extreme but like it's very on brand to hate that yeah well, this is also where I think that like Statham is such a perfect casting choice for like this particular role where like something that he's really good at making funny is like him being so angry that his girlfriend's voice message is so long and annoying. And then when it finally clicks over to the voicemail, immediately calming down and being like, hey, babe, uh, just yeah. have to ask you a question. <laughs> like uh, he's so good at like being so heightened and then immediately coming back down he really gets the comedy of this in a way that i don't think other like action stars are good at charming he, he has a lot of charm yeah he's more of an actor than an action star in that regard right like yeah, he yeah. can yeah. exhibit range as opposed to just like i'm doing comedy now or whatever yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's the other like the the element of that that's kind of strange it's like sort of commendable but like unnecessary is that in the first movie amy smart does not know that he's a professional hitman right and he she, she thinks that he's a video game designer <laughs> Yo, that which, joke yeah. made me laugh so hard when she <laughs> when she reveals that that's what she thinks this man that she's dating does this man that walks around exclusively in tracksuits swearing and screaming at people <laughs> yeah yeah that looks and sounds like jason statham and actually jason statham it's just like what's the least likely yeah. believable job uh video game designer yeah that's him right <laughs> yeah. so you can go into the first movie like that she knows right like there's but there's yeah. like this added kind of like emotional stakes and like things in the movie that like don't have to be there for this kind of movie but like work mm-hmm. but isn't needed now like i kind of respect that it's just like oh okay like you did a thing cool well and it's like uh when you were trying to describe the plot earlier and you were like oh th- th- like this almost like sounds more complicated than it is that is what is good about this script is that it's all delivered in this way where like it's actually really basic and it's not hard to follow at all. But sort of like Tokyo Drifter, when we did that, it's like there actually are a lot of like intricacies to like what's happening in the plot of this movie. They just like don't really matter to like what you're watching in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a good script. It's got little pieces of depth like that kind of peppered throughout it. That's cool because we we had just done what was the Christmas movie that we just did? Um, Collateral, Collateral Beauty. Beauty. And that movie is like, oh, it takes us three hours to describe the plot of the movie. I much prefer a movie that the plot is like one sentence and then like all this other shit is happening that is inconsequential, but is kind of important, but also doesn't like distract you from the plot as opposed to a movie that takes you six hours to describe what's actually trying to happen because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Yeah, because like it is the speed. It's the speed, but his body. That's yeah. like the one sentence thing, or it's like, you know, he's a hitman trying to get vengeance or it could go into like way more detail. Like there's like three different levels of how, how in depth you want to describe this. And like, but you get the all point. work. Yeah, yeah you exactly. get the point from like a very gentle thing. You're just like, that, oh, that's yeah. what he's trying to do. I mean, this movie is not hard to follow, really. It's like, it's so straightforward and, and basic point A to point B. 
but you know you have all these extra layers of like there are multiple gangs involved here and there's kind of like a like an inner warfare going on you know it's like it's like tokyo drifter there's all this like extra shit happening that just doesn't really matter in the moment of the action which is is pretty fun one other thing that i liked about the actual sort of like design aesthetical choices of this movie is they have fun with subtitles like the second movie just like throws text on screen in all sorts of ways that are again good and bad things i love things that annoy me yeah but this one they're in like a sweatshop at one point and like the 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 boss or whatever the manager starts yelling at everybody but they subtitle him in his native language yes we don't need that. <laughs> that doesn't help anybody. But then later, somebody else subtitles. It might be him again. And the camera swings around, and we see his subtitles on the screen, but in front of him in reverse. It's like, yes. why are we in his? Why are we in his first person point of view? Like, what are we doing here? But like, it's just dumb. Again, like sort of throwaway that don't have to be there. But I appreciate it and I just enjoy it. So I like both those things, both those elements. And I like that because this one has the extra element of like because what's happening to Statham is this adrenaline thing and he basically needs drugs in order to like kick his heart up. He has, you know, sort of vaguely psychedelic experiences throughout it. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I like them using things like the the subtitles being in the frame, like actually there as a way to indicate like, oh, he's like not even like his ringtone has that thing oh. where like it it slows down the longer yeah. it goes on, you know? So I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that and there's a sound in the second movie or something in the second movie, but they have both been stuck in my head since I saw this movie that I forgot about it, but as soon as I heard I'm like, oh right, yeah, no, that's been in my brain for yep. fifteen years now or whatever. Yep. And it, you know, they're they're creative little ways to indicate like, I don't know, like what's happening inside of that man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's definitely not of sound mind. Like even when we see him from the outside where we are technically in reality as an audience watching it, like, he's not of sound mind. So, like, flipping it back and being like, yeah, remember, his brain's probably really fried right now is a good thing. I think we're just about at the end where he gets the one gang that he was supposed to take out, right, to come back, and he helps him take out the guys who said him to die. Yes. Yeah. The finger gun is so cool. It's so fucking cool. And such a, a fun idea that, like, on the tail end of this movie where this guy has been an absolute psychopath, he's just like firing childish finger guns at people. I don't know. There's something very fun about that. The finger gun thing is that he's, he's you know holding his finger up like a gun, obviously, but then he's got like a sniper guy or a guy with a rifle behind him and it actually works. And it's just very cool because they're like, I don't know, like because he they're not, they're taking him seriously because he's like a crazy person here. But then mm-hmm. like it actually works. So like, holy shit, is this guy magic? Right. Like yeah, It's a very yeah. cool way that this ends. They eventually go into a helicopter fight above L.A., and then they fall, and he breaks his – the guy that he's chasing, Ricky Verona, a.k.a. Carter Verone, whatever, yeah. uh, his neck in midair. Dude, that is so badass. I know. That's one of the best scenes of the movie and, like, something that I will never forget because, like, they're they're falling. So, you, uh, so I'm, like – as I'm watching this for the first time, I'm, like, oh, cool. He's going to, like, throw him under him and land on top – whatever, right? But, like, snapping his neck in midair and just, like, pushing him away is so badass. Yeah. It, it's, Very like, cool he's falling knowing that they're both going to die anyway and still needs to execute yes. this guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's so awesome. It's great. And he calls Eve from the, while he's falling yes. and leaves her a voicemail. A very sweet one. Has, very calm. Again, has to sit through all of her very long yes. voice message. Yes. Right. And, and actually, yeah, that little speech at the end, you know, as dumb as this movie is, I, I think actually has like a nice little bit of resonance as, as the capper of all of this. Yeah. And then the movie ends with him landing on a car and then bouncing onto the pavement and then kind of blinking. You kind of hear a heart beating and the movie ends. And it's like, oh, 
Okay. And like, I think that's cool because as we'll talk about in the second movie, second movie begins exactly where this one ends. Mm-hmm. But also if there was never a second movie, like that's also like a perfect ending. Like maybe he died, maybe he didn't, who knows, but like yep. it's the end, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, they do a good job of that in both of these movies, uh, because I think even the second one is left basically exactly the same, where that that could be the end, or we could make another one if you want us to make another one, you know? Yeah. After the credits, Garrett, I don't know if you watched through the credits. I told Jota, did you see through the credits or no? Uh, I can't remember if I sat through the credits or not. It's not super important, but there's like a 16-bit video game scene of Chev running around killing people. Oh, yes. Which is literally how the second movie begins. It's It's a continuation of that, yeah. yeah. How Fast and Furious connected is it that we have Shaw running through a hospital causing chaos? Mm. Sure. Very beginning of seven. Absolutely. Yeah. So like this when I was watching that, I was like, oh, cool. I can totally see. Like it would make sense that the hospital fears him (laughs) knowing Uh who he was at the time. Like this motherfucker's back. Like he did you know, this thing in another place. Yeah, yeah. Like we heard about this guy, the one that yeah. fucks in the street. That one. God <laughs> damn it. Yeah. So what fast? What what major fast connections do we have here? We have obviously Statham, but in the hospital we have Hector, Hector. Which, by the way, I don't know if I said this before or not, but his last name is spelled wrong in the credits. So oh, good job, guys. Well played. Um, there's a SWAT team that I thought Brian could have been on at the end. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, actually, weird question. Does this movie take place in Florida or Los Angeles? Because early in the it's movie, it's in L.A. Okay, early in the movie they reference Florida, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess this could be Florida. You know, then the second movie is very distinctly an L.A. movie, so I I couldn't figure out then where this was supposed to be set. Well, it's also weird because the doctor is in Vegas, so they show McCarran Airport, but he's oh yeah, just but they're like, yeah, I'll be there in forty five minutes or whatever, right? To yeah. L.A. Okay. Yeah. What's funny about that is that we had this whole long conversation, like, is Roman in Florida or Miami when he's in Demolition Derby? And they're like, no, that's not Florida or Miami, Florida or California when he's in Demolition Derby. And it's just like, they're not interchangeable, but like also like the way that movies are like laid out, like maybe yes. they are. I don't know. So yeah. that's very fast and furious, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, and like a couple, Florida for California. Exactly. Pretty on brand. A couple of palm trees. I'm like, I don't know. I Movies could make me think that's either of those places. So I'm, I'm not really and sure. And like buildings. So you're like, okay, it could be Miami. Right. Or it could yep. be LA. It doesn't, yep. yeah. Well, and the reason I asked that is because, you know, t- Too Fast has all the Florida stuff and Verona as opposed to Verona. I was like, oh, this, this could just be more extensions of these gangs. This first crank movie they have to have been, like, pretty big Fast and the Furious fans. Like, the second one, definitely. But, like, yeah. the first one, as much as they're doing GTA, they're kind of, like, tipping their cap to Fast and the Furious, too, right? In some I agree. ways. I think that there would be more car stuff. Like, there's car stuff, but it's not, like, like the car stuff is not really the focus of this. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah and I, I actually, this movie, I think, in general, it has that nice big car sequence through the mall, uh, where the second one doesn't really have that much car stuff at all to my memory the noteworthy car thing in the second one from what i remember like i think it's just like when the villain in that one is going down like what basically what sean tokyo drifts up in oh that yeah right movie, yes right he's going down in reverse and statham's like hopping around going down but like that's not like a car thing that's more of a statham chasing a car stunt than a car stunt right so. right right yeah this has that great i really like that car stunt in in this movie running through the mall and stuff uh which yeah that's fast and furious but any either of you any other thoughts about this movie? Or do you want to watch a trailer? I would like to watch the trailer. Yeah, we could watch the trailer. I'm curious All if right. I'll remember so, this trailer because I seem to remember seeing this a lot. Yeah, this is this seems like the easiest movie in the world to sell, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is Crank 2006 official trailer posted by The Cult Box, which is Cult Trailers. I guess this is a cult movie. I feel like it's well, 
I say it's too recent to be a cult movie, but like there's there's recent cult movies, so I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, two point eight million views. I think at this point it probably is a cult movie. Like I don't know if like uh you know the the new generation of kids is totally into crank or anything. I think now it's just like you discover it or you don't. And I think that's kind of the definition. And we're what like you know fifteen years old at this point. So yep. yeah, three, two, one, play. Rated R. I actually didn't know if this was going to be PG thirteen or R. When I saw the DVD the DVD at the beginning, I thought the DVD got the fuck in this movie. My name is Jeb Chelios, and today is the day that I die. Oh, but I'm getting a little. I thought for a second it would be like because it starts out so like melodic. I thought it'd be like an indie trailer, like just like a here's an indie drama, an indie rom com between him and his girlfriend. But like, no, here we go. Oh, him standing on the motorcycle, yeah. just standing there was oh, pretty yeah. crazy, yes. too. Say goodbye to my girl. That's one of the options that I pulled for the art for this episode, so I might use that somewhere. All I have to do is stay alive. Again, in that shot without underwear on, you see his butt. Yep. Lots of butt. Lots of Jason Satham butt, for sure. Disciples being spelled wrong really pissed Rachel off. <laughs> You're so stressed out. What's the matter? I need to tell you something. I'm a professional hitman. It's always cool, like, when you're able to show, again, again, this is show, don't tell, but, like, when you're able to show that you're good at something, like, you're trying to prove to someone that you're good at something, it's just like, well, let me just kill these guys around right now, you can see that I'm I'm not lying to you. Yeah. You needed that. This song, uh, fucking right here, right now, is the perfect song for this movie, right? Oh, yeah. By the way, the soundtrack to this movie is pretty great, I thought. It is. Which, by the way, speaking of right here, right now, I know. Strange Days coming yep. up on that time of the year, the New Year's Eve movie. It's my favorite New Year's Eve movie. So this kind of spoils things, but it's also like, you know. Doesn't matter. Right. My name is Jeff Chelios, and today's the day. Oh, so he cuts off, I'll die. Okay, oh. cool. September 1, 06. Very cool. Yeah, I definitely remember that trailer. I don't, I don't think. I don't, I've never seen it. September 06 was my first semester of college. Yeah, same So here. I was only starting really to go to the movies, but like I didn't go to the movies a lot because I didn't really have money. So I was watching movies at home. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think I was in the theater a lot my first couple years of college, if I remember right. It's a good time to do it, yeah. if there's any. <laughs> well, there was like yeah, a like there was like a movie theater right down the street from like my dormitory. So I would just oh, like yeah. go all the time. All right, so now the letterbox game. So we're gonna play this twice tonight as we record two episodes. But for reference sake, oh, let's see, let's see if the Mad Max count changes in between episodes. For reference sake, Mad Max: Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterboxd, has been seen by nine hundred and fifty-four thousand people. We're nine, break a million five, soon. Four. That's cool. Yeah, that's the third. That's I think that's the third time you've said that, Joe. Uh, well, do you see how my brain works? <laughs> I know, not very well. 2006, directed by Neville Dean and Taylor, starring Jason Statham, Amy Smart, Jose Pablo Cantillo, who plays Ricky Verona, and Efren Ramirez, who plays Kalo, has been seen by how many people? Okay, I'm trying to think about, like, who is on Letterboxd, yeah. how old are they, what have they seen? Give yep. Me, oh, is this crazy? 350K? That's that's really high. I, uh, I, I'm going to go, just because of Statham, I'm going to go what I think is high and do, like, 80,000. Somewhere in between those two numbers. Another guess. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll drive it all the way down to 200 based on Joey's hesitation about my, my uh, high-reaching numbers there. I'll, I'll go 125. Now you're both too high. So one more guess between Whoa. 80 and 125. One more guess. Uh, so like 95. 105. 
Garrett is close in the end. Joe was not too far off his first time. 96,989. Almost 97,000 people. So okay. I don't like I don't have any sense of like whether these numbers are good or bad. I just know sometimes like what's crazy high, right? Like a million is just like, yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, a million's nuts, but this is like a 15-year-old movie, so you have to go back for it, but it also has Jason Statham. Yeah. It seems kind of culty. 95, whatever, sounds pretty good. 25 of my followers, or not followers, the people I follow watch it. So 25 out of 78. So like a third of the people. Like, but again, I'm I'm self-selecting into a crowd that basically yes. is going yeah, to yeah. like You're in an echo movie. chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Average rating of 3.2, most common a 3, then a 3.5, then a 4. How many have this? in their top four favorite films of all time. And I will say, for the next game we're going to play, I purposely avoided people who had both in their top four, because I thought that was too easy. Okay. Uh, but how many people have this in their top four favorite movies of all time out of the 97,000 people who have seen this? I'm going to go 10. I think higher than that. Probably like 55. You're both too low. Whoa. Uh, 100? Yeah, 115. You're both too low. 200? One more guess. Jeez. Yeah, uh, no, 175. Oh, he said 200. Now you're both too high. One more guess. Between 115 and 175. 133. 135. 125. So not as clean of a game that time, but 125. So, okay. I think I pulled... That's a ton, though. That, like, comparatively... That feels like a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to pick a person, pick a number one or two? Garrett, go ahead. Two. All right, we're going to go to Gateway71, James on Twitter, at Gateway71, who reviewed this twice. In February of last year, he said, Jason saved them as sex in public, haha, 7 out of 10. But then, <laughs> okay. then right. in September of last year, so six months later, he said, I got to update my top 10 because this is the second greatest film ever made, 10 out of 10. So he went from 7 to 10 by seeing it again, James, five stars. James was having some pandemic thoughts there, wasn't he? He sure was. So he was on James... a whole roller coaster of emotions from February until. So James is the kind of guy that likes to watch Jason Statham fuck. What else is in his top four? <laughs> yeah. So here's here's a little <laughs> bit of here's here's two context clues about his profile that actually might help you. Okay. So he's in the UK. Okay. And his bio is girls with colorful hair and or nose piercings message me immediately. Then in parentheses in all capital letters, note, I currently have a girlfriend, so this message is currently defunct. Any females matching this description attempting to contact will be blocked on site. <laughs> so he's British wow. and likes. Can I go back and choose alt. one instead of two? <laughs> yeah, we can do one. That's fine. <laughs> you don't like James. James is fine. Bye, James. All right, we're going to go to all day at all day. Okay. La mejor película de la historia, or as I'm learning Spanish right now, the best film in history, five stars. Okay. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Right. He's number one favorite movie of all time. Okay. He's two, three, and four, one of which we've covered on this podcast, Joe, one of which we've covered on another podcast, and one of which we have talked about in this podcast on multiple episodes, but we have not done. So Memento? Nope. Fuck. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm just guessing it now to get it out of the way, so I don't <laughs> have to guess it. <laughs> Thank you, Garrett, so much before I forgot. Thank you. <laughs> but you're not right. Oh, God damn it. One uh, for this show. One for Bill. another show. Kill Bill. Nope. Nope. One one for this show, so related to your show. But it's not a Fast and Furious movie? Nope. All right. One for this show that I've also done on another show. Um, one that, Joe, you Mad and I Max have done Fury on Road. Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Yep. There's Number one. three. So now this, the next one that we can do is one that you and I have done on a different show that could do this show, too. Oh. That could do this show, too. Because of an actor that they share? No. 
Okay. Different reason. Interesting. Maybe, maybe, um, I'm going to go, oh, fuck, Gary, I need your help. It's the Channing Tatum movie that's about Logan Lucky. That's what my guess is. You nailed it. That's, you're on the right path, but wrong actor, wrong movie. Ocean's Eleven. No. We Joe and I have not done that. that. I've It'd done that be, with other podcasts. I've done that Efron, for Soderbergh. Maybe, maybe Baywatch? Still wrong actor. Mm. So not Zac Efron. The other podcast. So with Ryan Gosling. A movie with yes. Ryan Gosling. The Nice Guys. No, it thematically fits the show. Drive. Drive. Okay, perfect. There you go. Cool. We and then there. number two is a movie that we've probably, that I've probably brought up on maybe 10 different episodes. Came out in the last decade. Okay. Remake. Great movie. A person who likes Crank and Fury Road and Drive will also love this movie. And it's a remake of something? Yep. In the last decade. Last decade. I feel like, Garrett, when you've been on the show, we've talked about this movie, too. Ooh. Uh, probably. The, I mean, I'm the guy that couldn't figure out Spider-Verse last time. I know. Dude, Garrett, just so you know, there was like three consecutive like weeks where Spider-Verse was a movie, and I forgot it every single time. So don't <laughs> I think I bad. listened to those episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joey's like, we just yeah, I've had now started it. describing it as the one that Joe forgets. The huge <laughs> movie that you forget is a movie. Okay, Spider-Verse. Yeah, yep. that one. Tell me your clues again, Joey. We remake. talked about it. Remake. remake. We've talked Bring it up a ton. Bring it up a ton. What remake is actually good from the last few years? Uh, Blade Runner 2042. 2049? No. That's Incorrect. what I wanted to I guess. I would have gone the Gosling route for that yeah. one. That's fair. Yeah, true. And that's like, I guess, a sequel technically. What the heck is our Here's the other hint I will say that we bring this up in conjunction with a couple other movies that it's sort of stylistically and whatever similar to. What's one of those movies? I can't tell you that. That's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! But those movies are also great. And it's stylish. and we already did Drive, so it can't be like Only God Forgives, right? Yeah, because it's another Gosling movie. You'd have said that. For some reason, the remake thing is like turning my brain off. I like I can't figure out. I can't think of any remakes that make any sense. A hint, kind of, is that it's it's not specifically. A remake. It is, but it's not. It might be kind of a, it's a remake kind of in style and name and character. Oh, wait, but so is it like, I don't know, like 310 to Yuma or like um, nope, True that, Grit I, or no. one of those things? Not a Western. But it, it shares the name of the movie that it's quote unquote a remake of. Uh, Partially. Oh. Is it Hateful Eight? No, is that a remake? I don't think so. Of like uh, Magnificent Seven. Oh, no. This is like a straight up, like this is... Okay, okay. Same title. But it's not... Same title? But you're saying it's like same title colon something. Similar. No, no. It's it's a similar... It's a very similar title. Oh, what? Uh, (sighs) Come on, another clue. Another clue. Let me see if I can get some uh, less common taglines for this movie. Oh, that would be fun. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. Stealing that from By the way, Joe, when I was on Out Now, we were playing the tagline game, and the people I were playing with were much better than you were. I was just like, oh, God, I'm getting my ass kicked, but like, I almost won. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't. That's There's only one one tagline, and it's too obvious. Well, like, just just bleep out the the obvious parts and give us the like tone. Blank is coming. Winter is coming. No, here, okay, here's the thing. So it's kind of it's kind of a remake, right? But the name is close but similar. But the the word that I bleeped out is basically from the original title. 
That's a weird kind of algebra puzzle. You have this. Yeah, because now my brain is going to things like there's like that Black Christmas remake that's not called Black Christmas. It's called like Black Xmas. Is it like that kind of? No, no, it's not. I'm not not a technicality. No down boo over. Godzilla something. No. What the hell? Is it a Marvel movie? Is it? Is it a superhero movie? It's like X Men. No, but the lead in this has been in Star Wars and Marvel and Lord of the Rings and Star Trek movies. Wait, Jurassic Park. Is this is this an Andy Serkis movie of some kind? It's not. I did not know that this guy was in all those different franchises, but no. Oh. Who's in all those franchises? The Chris villain Pat, Jurassic Park. is one of the stars of Game of Thrones. What? Avon Barksdale is in this movie. I did not remember he's in this movie. And I know Wait, I is this did, Creed? I no, but no. <sighs> okay, because I was going to guess Creed earlier, and I was like, but that's not really a remake. It's like a, you know, but like it kind of is, but okay. Avon Barksdale's in the movie, too? Yeah, he plays like a scientist or something, I think. Shit. What the fuck is that? Venom? Was he in Venom? What was he no. in? No. It's based on a comic strip Com- and the eponymous character. Is this the fucking Kathy movie, bro? <laughs> Ack. <sighs> based on a comic strip. That's what that's what Wiki says. It's, you're just making it harder. How's <sighs> Alex Garland wrote this movie, which is a wild thing to think about. Oh, is this Dread? It's Dread. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Now I know. What you, now all of what you said makes sense to me. It's kind of a remake, but not kind, not really a remake. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. The name is similar. Yeah, we yeah, talk yeah. about it all the fucking time because we talk about that in the raid all the fucking time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Dread's yeah. a cool movie. I just watched the original Judge Dread uh, from the '90s the other day, and I liked that movie a whole lot. Yeah, it's not as good as Dread, but Judge Dread is also cool. Yeah, I think I agree with that. So that was Crank. Anybody else have any things to think about for Crank? Anything else to say about Crank? No, I'm excited to talk about Crank 2. I feel like I have more to say about Crank 2, although my opinion about that movie might be quite different uh, than it was about this one. We will find out. Garrett, what do you want to plug? What do you want to talk about? Where can people find you? Knowing that they're going to find you again on Friday, but in case they don't listen to that episode, where can people (laughs) find you? What do you want people to know about Fan favorite, Garrett Smith. I uh, mean, feed fan fave Garrett Smith here. I nope. have a podcast nope. called... <laughs> it just shuts me down every time. I have a podcast called uh, Killer Bees. You can find us everywhere at Killer BS Not a Wu-Tang podcast. Uh, yeah, it's not a Wu-Tang podcast. I was wearing uh, my Wu-Tang shirt the other day at work, and I was thinking about you. So <laughs> thank just you. Just let you know. Even though it has nothing to do with Garrett. I no. know. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. But like, just the connection was there. And I was just like, oh, look. See, that's what I'm bees. doing. I'm, I'm putting it into your brain. I'm, ta- I'm talking about Wu-Tang by not talking about Wu-Tang. Exactly. Yeah, we. I have a podcast with my partner where we uh, pick a different B-movie actor every episode and watch a bunch of their movies and talk about them. Uh, we recently put out an episode on Austin Stoker. Uh, he's the lead of Assault on Precinct 13. And was it a bunch the original of or the books? remake? The original. Um, okay. And he's in a bunch of black exploitation movies from that era. Like we watched Ooh. a movie where him and Pam Greer flirt a lot, and my television Ooh. almost melted because it was so hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, uh, really entertaining actor. But yeah, we like we've covered like Anthony Perkins and you know some other like bigger names that people are more familiar with probably. But um, we get into some uh, I don't know. We did like David Warner recently, who's in like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Uh, you know, we did, we did some interesting people. And uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at Philadelphia. That's with an F. And Twitter, Philadelphia. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Twitter, that place yeah. that I cool. occasionally am at. Yeah. Sometimes every once in a while. Well, on Friday we'll be back to talk about Crank colon High Voltage. Or crank too high voltage, depending on where you're looking. But crank high voltage on Friday. Do that thing. But for all things too fast too forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast too forever, or at too fast too forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page, 
too fast to forever.com like we tease in the intro good stuff coming up on patreon too many brian episodes but good brian episodes coming yeah. up in the future get in there even a dollar a month gets you in the door the other thing to worry about main feed fan favorite Garrett smith never on there although he has he's sometimes on there but yeah. you know <laughs> guys you all heard him say it right like he just officialized it um he did um, i think i think he solidified that's that i'm not said. i'm not putting it in writing though that's too, that's a bridge too far too fast too forever up for that too fast too forever.com for that too fast too forever dot shop for our merch come back on friday for crank high voltage i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and that was every feed fan favorite garrett smith and we'll tell you all about it <laughs> when we see you again <laughs>